For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Rise and grind, ladies and gentlemen. It's about to get bumpy. Time to attack and dominate. This is Morning Juice with Brandon Beam and Bobby Carpenter. Sitting fastball here this Monday morning. (laughs) Shark just threw a curveball at us. A little inside baseball. Shark usually pre-records his updates. Something must not have fired in the system correctly. Uh, no, it was Shark forgot to stick him in the system. <laughs> Shark, I'm trying to give you an out here. Thanks, Beamsy. It's always a technological difficulty. It's never your fault. That was remarkable. We just Shark, witnessed history. Just a grizzled vet move right out of the gates. Ah, what can we talk about? Just rattling some stuff off the top of the brain. Here we go on a Monday. Brandon Beam. we got our great friend Austin Warden with us. Bob's on the Buckeye Cruise this week. And, of course, our fearless leader and producer, Mark the Shark. I mean, that was one of the more impressive feats I think I've, I've seen in live radio. I don't know how he did that. I don't either. Uh, it's, he's a witch. I'll tell you that much. That was Ooh, remarkable. It was crazy. I mean, you need a script to be able to do a sports center. Shark, he writes it down. He reads it. Him just you just going off the dome for the fifty seconds and not making a single mistake in there was pretty remarkable. That's an A plus job. I think we can call it quits and head home this morning. I don't know. I, are the Buckeyes five and ten or five and eleven in the Big Ten? Let's see. Five and ten. They are. Oh man, Shark just crushing it. They're five and ten. He oh man, it. he nailed it right out I of wonder, the gates. Did CBS have it wrong? I thought they were showing them four and eleven yesterday throughout it, but. Whatever. Shark is always right. I'm always wrong. Of course. That's just the way. Lesson learned yet again. That's the way it's going. What's going on, buddy? Good to see you. It's great to be here. It's a huge week. It is a huge week. And it was a huge weekend. How was your weekend? Good? Sounds like it might have been better than yours with your Sunday. Just You're just a walking Petri dish yourself. Yeah, we really are. So uh, a couple of weeks ago when you were sitting in, when Bob was in Oklahoma uh, after the Super Bowl, I uh, was feeling maybe not necessarily the best. Told you you had a little sore throat, but we battled through and we were all right. And I got to say, it felt fine over the weekend on Friday. And then uh, woke up on Saturday, felt all right. It just felt like Mike Tyson had punched me in the <laughs> eyeball. Uh, so I was dealing with some sort of sinus infection, like literally on the top left of my eye, like right above my eyebrow. Just felt like it was just it was so full and there was so much pressure in there. Um, and that would have been no problem usually. But th- the only big problem was is that Meredith was dealing with like a high grade fever yesterday. Mm. So she just was, what you want. She was out of commission all day. I mean, she's hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold, putting on blankets, sweatshirt, taking that off. Like it was just it was a mess. The good news is that William felt fine. As that young Willie lad, he was feeling okay. So he's looking at both of us like you turds better get up and <laughs> you better play with me. And so dad yesterday uh, was the one we said, you know what? We'll eat the frog mare. You hang out, you relax, you you just chill out, do whatever you need to do uh, to feel a little better cuz she's got President's Day, so she's you know, obviously got today off, which mm-hmm. is good. And I'm just sitting there yesterday like, boy, this isn't going so great. But it didn't matter. <laughs> we got it done. We watched a lot of sports yesterday, Austin. We watched some soccer in the morning. We watched some Buckeye basketball uh, a little bit in the early afternoon. Then we watched the Riv. All things Shark hit on in his update. Yeah, we crushed were, it. We were watching yesterday. Love it. Yeah, my parents were, have been in town since Thursday. Great to have them. Except so they, they come up from Texas, and they seem to have the world's worst timing and or luck with columbus weather 
like we've been and have been the San Diego of the Midwest. Yep. And then they show up on Thursday and it's like, watch this. The temperature is going to drop and it's going to dump snow on Friday. And you're going to, you're not going to be able to go out and do anything. And by the way, it was about five inches that we got in about an hour and a half span. It was crazy. Yeah. And it was just pouring down. And two years ago they came and it was in the midst of the polar, polar vortex where it dropped to like negative a billion here for the first time in 150 years. <laughs> so I don't know how they get so uh, unfortunate, but. It doesn't matter. They, they get to see Liberty and uh, played out in the snow on Saturday, Good. so they loved all that part. And it's not for me. I don't. I remember I had to go out there and throw some snowballs with her. It's like, what are we? We're loading up on snow pants and boots and gloves to be out for thirty minutes. Like, yeah, what are we doing here? Just a waste. And you go back inside and you got to oh, throw down the towels, make sure you don't get tracked snow all over the well, house. Humbug to you. <laughs> I, Jeez. I guess I don't know. I just. I feel too old, Beam. Well, you are too old. I, I yeah. guess you're right. You are too old. Uh, how about those Buckeyes yesterday? I mean, just exactly what everybody had predicted. A nice little uh, victory over the number two team in the country in Purdue after a unbelievably crazy week. I will have to give Bill Landis his credit, my colleague. He said in the middle of last week, Ohio State has to move on from Chris, Chris Holtman because they're going to beat Purdue on Sunday. He nailed it. <laughs> so you've got a little... A little bounce back, a little jolt of life there late in the season for the Buckeyes. Uh, credit to Jake Diebler. Like, yeah, that was. I think we're going to talk probably a lot more about that over the next couple hours. But it looked like a, they had a plan, they executed it, and it's that's the first time I think I could say that about Ohio State basketball in a while. I tell you what, man, when they tied the game, Purdue did up at sixty-seven a pop. I'm like, all right, this is this is really going to show what your medal is going to be, right? I mean, Purdue forces their way all the way back into the game. You got a couple of minutes left, and the, you are not holding on to a lead anymore. It is a tie game. And then Jamison Battle said, hold my beer. Watch <laughs> this. Let's drive to the middle. Let's get fouled. Let's make some shots here. Uh, right at the elbow, right at the free throw line. And they pulled away. And they didn't have a turnover in the last couple of minutes either. Like, the inbounding was great, and they got the ball across the timeline when Purdue was pressing them. So uh, it was a remarkable victory by this Buckeye team, which had had, obviously, one hell of a week last week. And for them to pop out the other side uh, with getting a victory against Purdue was pretty remarkable. So that was awesome to see uh, yesterday at the shot. And I, I give a lot of credit to, I give a round of applause. That building, as we kn- we all know, can be a morgue. It seemed to be appropriate at the appropriate level of of juice yesterday afternoon with Purdue. I, I think there's got to be some element for everybody involved that like the weight is off the shoulders. If if the only conversation is like, well, gosh, should we go to the Ohio State game? I don't know. Worn out. Failing execution, uncertainty about the coaching future, and all that. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it felt like there was a relief for everybody. You could, you know, Gene Smith was certainly wearing it in, in the middle of last week. You could see how much that toll was taken on him, but had that moment, cool moment for him and Jake Diebler afterwards. The crowd, uh, the Buckeye Nut House, everything just, it, it's like, all right, well, that part's over. Let's turn the page and get ready for the future. Even if that doesn't mean that Jake Diebler is going to be the right. full time head coach for the Buckeyes next year, which, he's not going to be a lot of these players could still be returning. You're you're setting the foundation. You at least want to show that like, Hey, this thing's not dead and you can build it for uh, the future and that Ohio state can get back and and be a contender down the road. No doubt. So it was a great performance by the Buckeyes yesterday. They get it done over Purdue 73 to 69, the final score in Jake Diebler's first game uh, in charge after the Chris Holtman era. We got an awesome show lined up for you here. This morning, what Ryan Day have to say about his hirings in the offseason? You're going to hear from him coming up here in our next segment. Bill Bender to the Sporting News. He's going to join the program coming up here at 635. It is Buckeye Cruise Week 
Bob has talked to many of Buckeyes so far. You're going to get to hear from one today. Avery Henry, who has an unbelievable story. We're going to get a chance to hear from him and Bob coming up here at 735 a little bit later on this morning. And then Joshua Perry, he's going to round out the program with us as he does every single Monday coming up here around 835. Before we get into anything else today, it is Monday, the 19th day of February 2024. Time for Today in History. Time to get smarter. Morning Juice presents Today in History. Here's your professor, Mark the Shark. Sponsored by Dr. Mark. Mark Levy. If you're snoring and not sleeping, call Dr. Mark Levy at 1-800-MORE-SLEEP. Have you caught your breath yet from the update? Oh, yeah. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. I'm a true uh, grizzled professional. Yes, you are. Boys. Today is February the 19th, and back in the summer of 1846, 89 people set out in a wagon train from Springfield, Illinois, heading west. It was known as the Donner Party, mm. led by George Donner. They made it to Fort Bridger, Wyoming in mid-July and mm. then headed south, finally reaching the Sierra Nevada Mountains in early October. But on October 28th, they camped at Truckee Lake, high in the mountains near Lake Tahoe. Overnight, an early winter storm blocked the mountain pass and trapped the Donner Party. They were trapped the entire winter. To avoid starvation, they killed their oxen for food. But then, one by one, members of the party began to die. Others were forced to eat the dead to survive. But it was on this date, February 19, 1847, 177 years ago today, that the first rescuers reached the surviving members of the Donner Party. Of the 89 original members, only 45 Survive. That's uh, one of the crazier stories in American yeah. history. Yep. They when when they got to Wyoming, they should have taken the passage that had already been mapped out for them, but they decided to take a shortcut. What they thought was a shortcut, it was a bad move. It delayed them for three weeks, and it ate up a lot of their supplies, and just a just a, a bad bad story. Shark, you should have stopped there. When you get to Wyoming. You stop. Yes. That's you stay God's there. Country. That's right. That's what are you doing? <laughs> You're absolutely right. February 19th, 1878, Thomas Edison was awarded a patent for the phonograph. It was the first device to both record sound and then play it back. It became known as a record player. 1906, Will Kellogg founded the Cornflake Company in Battle Creek, Michigan. The name would later be changed to just Kellogg's. Mm. Cracker Jack was invented in Chicago in 1896, basically just molasses-flavored caramel-coated popcorn with peanuts. But 17 years later, on this date in 1913, they started putting prizes yes. into every box. Made it taste better? No, but it was <laughs> worth a treat to get that fake tattoo you could stamp on your forehead. <laughs> I, had a bottle, or, I got a box of Cracker Jacks at uh, the Clippers game last year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, tasted great. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, it was probably a lot more expensive than what it cost back in 1913, though. 1928, Canada won its third straight gold medal in ice hockey at the Winter Olympics in Saint Moritz, Switzerland. Canada beat Switzerland 13 to nothing in the gold medal game. On this date, <coughs> excuse me, in 1945, Operation Detachment was launched as U.S. Marines. I'm going to turn my mic off. Yep, got to clear your throat. Thank you very much. Yep. U.S. Marines invaded the Pacific island of Iwo Jima. 21,000 Japanese soldiers were waiting and hiding on the island. By the evening of February 19th, more than 550 Marines were dead, another 1,800 wounded. 
Four days later, and many more casualties, the American flag was finally raised atop Mount Suribachi, the Are you highest doing okay point this of the morning. Island. You know, <laughs> Are did you, you listen? Right? Did you listen to Keelsey yesterday? Uh uh-uh. uh Was he having some issues? He had no. He had no voice in the pregame. Oof. And I thought, man, how's Paul going to get through this? And he did, but he was... That was an inspiration to you. That's right. <laughs> he was struggling, I'll tell you that. <laughs> 1973, Harry, and make that 1972, Harry Nilsson's hit song, Without You, reaches number one on the Billboard charts. It would stay there for four weeks. You know this song, boys? I'm going to have to get you into it. I can't forget this I can't say that I have. All right. I feel so old. <laughs> One year later, 1973, Tony Orlando and Dawn released a little ditty called Tie a Yellow Ribbon Around the Old Oak Tree. Do you know that one? I don't know. No, oh, man. All right. <laughs> Four years after that, February 19th, 1977, Manfred Mann's Earth Band's Blinded by the Light reached number one. one. We're there. We had to get one. to the late okay. 70s. Now we're, now we're cooking shark. The song was written by Bruce Springsteen. We'll hear it at the end of the show today. 1980, American speed skater Eric Hyden won the 1,000 meters with a record time of a minute 15.18 seconds. Hyden would go on to win five gold medals at the Winter Games in Lake Placid. 2006, LeBron James, the Cavaliers, named MVP at the All-Star Game in Houston as the East beats the West 122-120. to Man, that's a low-scoring game. Yeah, compared to today, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no doubt about that. On February 19, 2010, boy, I remember this very awkward press conference. Tiger Woods gave oh, a boy. televised apology for his extramarital affairs. I've had a lot of time to think about what I've done. My failures have made me look at myself in a way I never wanted to before. It's now up to me to make amends. And that starts by never repeating the mistakes I've made. It's up to me to start living a life of integrity. Achievements on the golf course are only part of setting an example. Character and decency are what really count. Mm. Uh. Parents used to point to me as a role model for their kids. I owe all those families a special apology. I want to say to them that I am truly sorry. And he had to go into sex rehab. Woods was 34 years old at the time uh, when he held that presser at PGA headquarters there in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. His mother attended. His wife, Elon, did not. <laughs> yeah. Six months later. Old choice. Yeah. <laughs> six months later, they uh, were divorced and she was $100 million richer. Uh, birthdays, Polish astronomer Copernicus, born in 1473. He was the first person to theorize that planets revolve around the sun. Motown singer Smokey Robinson, 84 today. Actor Jeff Daniels is 69. You might remember him from Terms of Endearment or Something Wild, Arachnophobia, but this is from Dumb and Dumber. Who's the dead man that hit me with the salt shaker? <laughs> Oh, that, it was a terrible mistake, sir. Please, oh, believe me, I would never do anything to offend a man of your size. You gonna eat that? What, that? No, yes, no. Well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Still want it? You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell is 65 today. Singer Seal is 61. And Denver Nuggets Center Nikola Jokic is 29. Today. Seal is 61? 61, yeah. Kiss from a Rose. One of the great songs of all time. And that's what I have for you boys on this 19th day of February. Good job on that, Shark, as always. We battled through some elements there. 
But I think he did a tremendous job. What do Ryan Day have to say about his hirings here and the offseason? You're going to hear from him coming up next. Morning Jupes right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a good Monday morning to you. Right now, a big heads up if you're heading to Delaware County. I-71 is at a standstill just past the I-71-270 split on the north side of town. The right lanes are blocked on I-71 northbound that has traffic at a standstill. Right now, if you're heading in that direction, use 23 northbound or State Route 315 northbound. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stugger. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Beamer is tweeting about Formula One. Oh, hells yes. Bobby is tweeting Rick Springfield concert video. Both are a cry for help. This is why I'm twisted, mother. This is Morning Juice. Brandy Beam, Austin Ward, Mark the Shark here. Well, Monday edition of the program. Buckeye staff is finalized. We talked Finally. To you, we talked to you about that on Friday at 735 in your normal spot. Are we going to get a chance to talk to you? I know you're here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week. Um, you got you're doing something pretty awesome um, coming up here a little bit later on in the week. Are we going to get a chance to talk to you live from the golf course on Friday? What's our tea time situation? Tea time on Friday is nine twenty two and nine thirty. Okay, promising. I, I I've got to this point where I even when I want to sleep in, which again, there's a limited window for that. You got to be ready. You got to get out on the course. You got to start having the first beverage or two. Correct. I'll be up. Swing oil. You know, I don't know if people enjoyed last year hearing from me beforehand after just a devastating first round individually <laughs> for me, or if they care about hearing about a, our our random weird uh, two-man scramble golf exploits on the radio or not. Oh, they so, care. Oh, they care. All they right. Care well, time. if that's the case, you can call me on Friday. All right, Shark, uh, you heard that. That was audio evidence. The that's, rest the rest of the group, actually, they love it. They're I'm like, sure they do. Like, we're talking about like, Travis Turvey. He's the captain of my team this year. So he's, he's also very soft. He's super soft uh we can't let that i can't say that this week i need him to to rally and play extremely well but you can talk trash you guys have a nice rivalry going yeah um yeah i they love it like people are listening to this on the radio and you're like talking about our golf league and (laughs) you know playing it at the ridge or going to north carolina and still talking about it like why do people want to hear that i don't know they probably don't i don't believe that they do (laughs) but they just thought, like, you guys asking questions about it last year, like, it was a, a real thing of consequence. Well, the best. And it was on speakerphone, so they're listening to you guys and poking fun at, at my terrible golf game last year. Well, the best part, the best part about the Central Ohio two man scramble league and when we play the Marysville Marathon is that people want to be involved. I had so many people ask me, how do I get involved in this event? I'm like, well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to bark up the commission's uh, tree. I have thought about it. Um, because so last year we showed up and, and Justin the pro great great guy yep. and, and and the ridge treats us so well it's the best place to play in Central Ohio by far. Um, well, a lot of people were calling in because they wanted to play in the event. They're trying to ask how. <laughs> it's like just the silly thing that I came up with uh, with my brothers in law and, and a couple of buddies. I 
I don't know that the actual marathon could be expanded and, and duplicated for a wider audience, but I, I do think about, could we do a, a another version and make it a, a charity event and open it up to people? I think we could. I'm sure that we could. I think there's enough interest. That would be great. Uh, certainly there are, are causes that uh, would be worthy and, and want to partner with us, but, uh, that almost feels like too much testing of my commissioner, which is a <laughs> made up title. Uh, my powers and ability to plan. I, I don't know if I have the bandwidth to do it, but maybe we'll figure that out down the road. Buckeyes have their staff finalized. Here was Ryan Day, courtesy of 11 Warriors, talking about bringing in old James Laurinaitis on staff and what he's going to mean to the program. Well, first off, he knows Ohio State. He loves Ohio State. Uh, he has credibility with the players. He has credibility with recruits because he's done it. And not only did he do it, he did it at an unbelievable uh, level. He did it in the NFL. But, but I, I've been impressed with the way that uh, he's you know transitioned from being a player to a coach. But I think when you look at James, when you look at Brian, those guys were guys who you know maximized themselves on the field. And so you know, as they... You know, transition from being in the NFL to college. They use a lot of things they learned, especially in the, the latter years of their NFL career, to help guys on the field. And so, uh, I've seen you know so many great things from him. Had an opportunity to see him on the road the last couple um, weeks. Did an unbelievable job there. There's a lot of momentum. We felt like it was the right move. I'm sure that cemented it too. Him being on the road and being able to recruit at the level in which he's trying to accomplish. Yeah, and I I do think that there's an element. How many times did I get asked this? I don't know. Over the last two and a half months, what's taking so long? It seems so obvious. If they can't make the swing and get a second defensive line coach, plan B is right there and, and more than willing and capable when James Laurinaitis. Well, there were a couple hints dropped throughout the process from Ryan Day. And, you know, if you're, it's not a guarantee that James, as talented as he is and everything he's ever done, he's been successful at, that he's just two years into the coaching part, into the profession. Like, are you absolutely sure? that it's going to follow that same path as Brian Hartline, that he's going to be the best linebackers coach in the country, that he's he's going to continue to recruit at a super high level. I think all of us who have been around James and watched him operate would say, well, yeah, that is a safe bet. But given the unique situation that 2024 Ryan Day is in, yep. that he must win, it wasn't as easy as, well, I don't know, in two years are you going to really kick yourself if James is somewhere else? Yeah, you will, but is it the absolute best thing for the coaching staff in 2024? Is it the best thing to happen right, right now? now? Do you need it right now? Because that's what has to happen for Ryan Day's career and for the Ohio State program to win a national championship. And so he did take his time. He, he explored other options, and at the end of the day, he said, James Laurinaitis can do this now and in the future. It's not going to cost them anything. There, There isn't... A, a slam dunk upgrade out there at, at any other position, whether that was special teams coordinator to take on that responsibility again full time or a second defensive line coach. If you couldn't get the absolute best, you know, then that comes back to that situation. James was certainly in the mix all along. Um, but you can understand it, it. You have to be sure about every move you're making right now because this year is so pivotal for Ryan Day. It was the best move, the way that I'm interpreting what you're saying. It was the best move for long term and it was the best move available for them short-term right. in critical moments uh, for this year. Here was James talking to Clay Hall about when he got the news that he would be the coach. Well, I got the word uh, really just yesterday morning. And, um, you know, there have been a kind of, look, there's been a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people that obviously want to work at Ohio State, so I'm grateful to be given the opportunity and to get to work. And uh, it was my dream to be a linebacker coach back at my alma mater. And uh, I'm just going to try to take advantage of it. James sounds like he's uh, been drinking the Schlegs coffee a little bit. He sounds a little <laughs> raspy. 
Well, you know, you get out there and you're, <laughs> you're talking to a bunch of folks. He was on the road throughout January, of course. you know, and he's, you've got some meetings to lead and, and workouts going on. You could, you're going to, you're going to strain the old vocal cords a little bit. Absolutely. That's good stuff uh, from Ryan and James, both Bill Bender, the sporting news. He's going to join us. We'll talk to him coming up next morning juice right here on the fan. Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler plumbing services traffic center. Alert for you on the north side of town. Right lanes are blocked on I-71 northbound that has traffic at a standstill just beyond the 71-270 split on the north side of town. This is a crash involving multiple vehicles. Use 23 northbound or 315 northbound if you're heading to Delaware County this morning. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stagger. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Just a couple of dudes being guys. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. You're listening to Morning Juice. Here's Law here, a little Monday edition of the program. Brandon Beam, Austin Ward, Mark the Shark. Right now, we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Checking with our good friend of the sporting news. He is Bill Bender. Bill, thanks so much for the time, buddy. Uh, always appreciate it. Um, I know that we talked to you about the majority of uh, you know football and what's going on, but how that Buckeye basketball team? What a heck of a week they had last week, and then to pop out the other side with a big old victory against Purdue. Uh, capping to a crazy week for them. Yeah, you know, uh, my first job out of college was uh, at the Daily Chief Union in Upper Sandusky, and I missed the Diebler brothers by one year. But I had a chance to see both play in high school. Uh, Jake was an awesome point guard. John obviously went on and played at Ohio State. So that was pretty cool uh, to see Jake get that win and, you know, in, in style against Purdue. So long week for the Buckeyes in terms of getting rid of Chris Holtman, but I mean, what better case for the job can you make than going out and beating Purdue? Excellent win by Jake Diebler, no question. All right, Bill, let's get back into the wheelhouse in college football. What in the world is going on in Ann Arbor? Yeah, I mean, a lot. I, well, when you have a coaching change, you, you figure there's going to be some attrition, and it sounds like most of that coaching staff is going to the Chargers with Jim Harbaugh. That was what to be expected. And, and, you know, I think on the field – a lot of guys go to the NFL draft. It reminds me a little bit of LSU in 2019. Great team on the field. Had a ton of guys go to the NFL, including Joe Burrow, and then a little bit of a tough rebuild. So that combined with their schedule, there, should, there could be some tough times ahead. And Austin, I think the biggest question is who's going to be their quarterback. Mm-hmm. I know they get Jack Tuttle, but is it Jack Tuttle? Is it Alex Orgy? Uh, and I think that's the most important question to start with for sure and more. Bill, um, you start to look around the college landscape and, you know, maybe some staffs having, well, some universities and programs having a tough time finalizing their staff. Ohio State uh, did have a tough time with that because Bill O'Brien left for the Boston College job, as we know, and then he fast forward and Chip Kelly is the now is the new guy. And then obviously late last week it was announced uh, that James Laurinaitis was going to be the 10th and final assistant for that Buckeye staff being the linebackers coach. Uh, how would you categorize this offseason for Ryan Day and the coaching changes that he has made so far? I mean, home run. 
uh, the off season in general. I was over there with Austin among the, the new transfers a couple weeks ago and, and to add Chip Kelly and then to add James Laurinaitis. I mean, obviously he worked at 97.1. I was on his show all the time. Uh, credibility, what he did as a player at Ohio State, what that means he knows that, you know, the dominance they had over Michigan when he was a player, that, that can't hurt. And you can see the passion with how he coaches linebackers. So I think that's another great add to what's been a, a but obviously, that, that amps up the pressure a little bit. I, I haven't used the phrase national championship or bust, but I think beat Michigan or bust or win the Big Ten or bust, those are definitely on the table next year. Bill, it seems like you know how busy this offseason has been, specifically in Columbus. You just blink and, and spring ball is going to start uh, two weeks from tomorrow for the Buckeyes. When you start looking around the Big Ten or the national landscape, uh, and and maybe planning out some trips or some some coverage for the spring. Uh, who do you who do you look to? What do you think is the most intriguing team in the country right now? Well, before Jed Fish left, I would have said Arizona mm-hmm. because of the uh, the opportunity they would have to to make the playoff. Now they kept their quarterback Noah Fafita. They kept their receiver. They kept a lot of pieces of that offense that was one of the most exciting teams in the country. And I know that's an off the wall answer, but <laughs> I, I, they would be one. I think the Big Ten, outside of with the new additions, Oregon's certainly going to be very interesting because most preseason magazines, and I can't believe you remind me, we're going to get to that before you know it. <laughs> I think I don't want to even think about it. Uh, preseason predictions will probably have Ohio State and Oregon playing in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, I think it makes sense, and that will be a rematch uh, from, what is it, a week four game, uh, I believe, coming up here this year as we check in with Bill Bender of the Sporting News with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Bill, I mean, if you put in you know your magic crystal ball and you shake it up and uh, you come up with an outcome, what happens with the two remaining teams in the Pac-12? And obviously, George Klyavkov is going to go by the wayside, and his last day is going to be uh, here in about 10 days' time. But, I mean, what happens ultimately to that conference and the two last remaining teams in that well, I mean, they could. I've thought a partnership of sorts with the Mountain West Conference would make the most sense. Rather, they you know combine and use their resources, and, and that way you can schedule those teams. I mean, I still look at this, and and it's sad. It's not good for college football when you you lose a conference like that. And now we're down to the Power Four, and we're already having these discussions about what's next for the ACC with Florida State. And the battle that's to come there in a courtroom, of course, um, not healthy for the game. And I know the Big Ten and the SEC are going to control most of the revenue and those kind of things. But at its heart, college football remains a regional sport. People in Columbus aren't staying up worrying about what Washington State did last night. <laughs> well, that tells you why we're going to a courtroom. I mean, that, because you're that's that's the unfortunate part, right, Bill? Is that we? I, I keep talking about that when. People refer to games as broadcast inventory. Like that's not why anyone fell in love with college football. And we're in the midst of this like turmoil and periods of like tumultuous period of change. And I just hope that it they survive on the other side with the game that we all fell in love covering. Oh, I I hundred percent agree. And, and another thing that's happening in this sport, and we talked about it a little bit last week, is when you Chip Kelly to Ohio State problem that, that it's being made out to be in terms of is this bad for the sport when you have group of five head coaches taking assistant coach jobs at, at power five schools though like at alabama with kane walmack and some others that's an issue to me because it just shows that 
uh, a guy thinks that my best career path is probably to be the linebackers coach at Alabama or the tight ends coach at South Carolina, which Georgia State Sean Elliott, Georgia State coach Sean Elliott took last week. What does that do for the group of five? I mean, I think it's going to diminish the quality a little bit, and and that's not good for the sport either. All right, again, put your uh, prediction hat on, Bill. Twenty thirty is the year. Will Steve Sarkeesian still be the coach at Texas? <laughs> I think so. I mean, he's bought himself some time now. Uh, I think with the way that they made the playoff, the the resources that they have, all those Texas's back jokes. I mean, think about it. They were one pass away. Yeah from beating Washington playing for a national championship. And I think they're going to the SEC at the right time as a program because they're going to be pretty strong. Um, so I'll say yes, unless it doesn't go well for Kalen at Alabama and they really make a pitch to bring him back. I like having this crystal ball like February with Bill. Like, yeah. Who's going to win the Heisman this year, Bill? I got to, I got to make some futures <laughs> bets. Oh my God. Oh, that's way early. Um, <laughs> No, Ohio State's got got some interesting candidates, obviously. But of all those guys, I'm wondering if they get back to the running game. Maybe it's a running back. Is, is that the year that we can actually have one win the Heisman? Um, you know, outside of that, it'll be usual suspects. I mean, Carson Beck is about as boring a, a Heisman candidate as you can have. But if Georgia has a big year, and he does, uh, which is in the cards, that could happen. Dylan Gabriel at Oregon. And then uh, those would be the main ones. Tennessee's Nico Yamaliva, I got that right, um, he's going to be interesting for them because they, he looked really good in the bowl game against Iowa. If they win 10 or 11 games, he could be an interesting sleeper. All right, before we get you out of here, uh, it's summer 2024. It's not too far in the future, Bill. Uh, who are we taking in road to glory and uh, coaching mode in the new NCAA <laughs> football game? <laughs> you know, when I used to play that and I had the one – uh, the, the years where I was best at that game were the two that the one had Carson Palmer on the front, the other had Larry Fitzgerald. And uh, my roommate and I, incidentally, the guy I lived with when I worked in Upper Sandusky, Aaron Cordy, uh, he, he's a newspaper guy too. Um, he was Boise State. I was SMU. We had this back-and-forth rivalry. It was outstanding. And, uh, you know, I won a couple national titles with SMU. That Maybe they can do that when they go to the ACC. Bring back the Pony Express. Bill, always appreciate the time. Uh, have a fantastic week, and we'll check in again next week, all right? Yes, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. There he goes. Bill Benner of the Sporting News with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline and his magic eight ball and prediction hat. One of the best in the business. Yeah, he's really, really terrific. Great stuff out of him, as always. Jim Harbaugh, he's expected to, uh, to lead a quick turnaround in the city of Los Angeles. We'll do that in Quick Hitters next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a good Monday morning to you. Right now, we are still watching some slow moving traffic on I 71 northbound just beyond I 270 because of a crash from earlier this morning. Keep that in mind if you're heading up to Delaware County. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stucker. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey! 
Hash Browns and Smackdowns. You're listening to Morning Juice. We're well, here on the Juice and brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Health, the leader in testosterone and hormone replacement therapy. You can, of course, visit them on the line at feelgreatcolumbus.com. Morning Juice presents Quick Hitters. Hey, Sharky. Yes. Very happy Monday to you. Oh, there's no such thing as a happy Monday, <laughs> but we're only four days away from a happy Friday. That's right. Now, as you boys know, you can bet on just about anything. I love it. Who will win NFL Coach of the Year 11 and a half months from now? Who cares? Well, <laughs> maybe you do. Bill Bender would have the answer with his magic yes, crystal ball. That's right. I should have asked him. The odds are out. New Chargers coach Jim Harbaugh is the favorite at 5.5 to 1. And then you've got Matt LaFleur of the Packers at 8 to 1. Raheem Morris, the new coach of the Falcons, is at 10 to 1. And then a bunch of guys at 14 to 1. But Beamer, big expectations out there in L.A. for the hairball. Well, they are absolutely huge expectations. You look at this roster and it's ready to win. I mean, you make some adjustments here in free agency and you have some good draft picks. And all of a sudden we're talking about, like, I mean... I don't know if there's been a quarterback in recent memory that gets more love for playing on a really bad team than Justin Herbert. Like, and he does. He had some injury issues this past year, but I mean, we're talking about him. I'm not, but some people are like, oh, he's a top three quarterback. And who'd you take him or Joe Burrow? It's like, I would take Joe Burrow a thousand times out of a thousand over Justin Herbert because he has won in the NFL on a consistent basis. And they didn't blow a 27 point lead uh, when their maniac coach, Brandon Saley, decided to throw the ball 30 times when they were up 20 plus in the third quarter of a you know, wild card round. So, yeah, I understand this because you look at the turnaround. The Chargers obviously had a really bad season, and Jim Harbaugh comes in. If you win 10 games, you win 11 games, you get to the playoffs with a roster that is fully capable of doing that, then all of a sudden it would make sense. So you kind of got to play the odds. You got to play the numbers. He walks into a really good spot, and if he can curate some of that Harbaugh magic that the Chargers and the Spanos family are so very much intensely after then yeah i would think that this is probably a, a solid bet for nfl coach of the year the quarterback whisperer i'm told yeah i mean i i'm with you i'd still take uh, joey b every single time over justin herbert i've never really understood the infatuation with he's him good. i'm not saying he's bad but like what have his teams accomplished and i know that quarterback wins and championships are like overrated in the minds of of many and maybe there's a great case to be made for that but like Joe Burrow won in college. He continued winning when he got to the NFL level. At some point, you look around, it's like, well, it's not just that Justin Herbert had a, an idiot for a coach, like going for it like a maniac in every situation that makes no sense, or that he was injured. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe Jim Harbaugh will too, but I'm personally, Shark, not putting my okay. American currency on that. Thanks Would you be putting that up. on uh, Matt Eberflus at 18-1? to 1? There uh, you go. I'll let you do that. <laughs> no, I'll let Shark do that. <laughs> I almost made a bet yesterday when when the Buckeyes were up by like eight in the second half. I almost put a bet on Purdue because <laughs> you just knew they were going to come back. Yep. And I I thought, you know what? And they did come back. I'm, they did come back. Got it tied. But the Buckeyes held on, and I'm glad I didn't make a bet. You could have cashed out, though, when it got tied. You've been I, in good shape. I could have. Yep. <laughs> it was not a good weekend to be vacationing in Florida. On the West Coast, in Naples, on the Gulf Coast, the final round of the Champions Tour golf event was completely wiped out. They reduced that to a 36-hole event. Across the state in Daytona, it rained and rained and rained some more all weekend, so the Daytona 500 was washed out. They're going to run the Xfinity Series race at 11 o'clock this morning, and then the Daytona 500 at 4 o'clock this afternoon. The forecast, rain this morning, 
Partly cloudy this afternoon. High 62 degrees. Fox has the telecast. A-Dub, will you be watching? Probably not. Okay. Um, you ever been to an NASCAR event? No. I would I, love to go to one. I, everybody says to go try it. I'm not opposed to it. I do like F1, so I'm not opposed to auto racing either. Uh, but Shark, would they have tried to do this on a Monday if it hadn't been a holiday? Or is this? Did they get a rare window? Do you know? No, I, I don't no, know. If you they, know. Yeah, they would have. They would have run it today. Okay. They've done that before. All right. It would have been run today. They they wouldn't just cancel it. Yeah. Obviously, there was so much stuff going on yesterday that I wouldn't have been watching the Daytona 500. It would have been the last thing on my plate. But now that there's nothing going on on a Monday, I will tune into this. I have no idea when it comes to NASCAR and anything, the strategies and everything involved. But I like to watch cars go vroom, vroom uh, and go very fast. So, yeah, I'll flip this on today and see what happens. I mean, yeah, that's what they do. I like to I like to watch things go fast. Who's your guy? Joey Longano. Yeah? Yeah. That was an old uh, thing from Common Man and T-Bone when... Uh, I was I used to help producing, and T Bone was really big into NASCAR, and I think he still is. I think he's more into IndyCar now. T Bone is, but he was really big into NASCAR, and I just got on the microphone like you're doing right now, and they asked who my guy was, and I said Joey Longano, and then Bone goes, "No, it's Lugano," and I'm like, "Yep," yeah, but I've just called him Longano uh, ever <laughs> yeah. since then. So yeah, we'll go. He's the pole sitter, isn't he? He is. Look at that. What about Ohio's own, the champion, Ryan Blaney? We'll see. I didn't know that Ryan Blaney was a thing like 10 years ago, so that's that's my problem. All right. Let me, that's my problem. That's the extent of my knowledge. There okay. is, there's a NASCAR analytics and breakdown with I'll Austin be, and Brandon. I'll be rooting for Richard Petty today. Yeah. <laughs> NBA Commissioner Adam Silver decided to go back to the East versus West format for this year's All-Star Game. He figured it would be a, a more normal game and more competitive. Uh, the commission was absolutely wrong. They, <laughs> they could have used a... 12-second shot clock instead of 24-second, and there wouldn't have been a violation. In the 48-minute game, there were 289 shots, about (laughs) six per minute. There were 168 three-point attempts, or uh, roughly three and a half per minute. And there were a record 397 points scored. The East beat the West 211 to 186. Beamer, Carl Anthony Towns scored 50 points and didn't even win All-Star MVP. I uh, I didn't watch any of this last night. Again, Meredith was battling the flu. I was hanging out just kind of in my own uh, little like distant window last night, just kind of zoning out for the entire evening after putting William down to bed. And I saw that this was on. I watched a little bit of the pregame and I'm like, eh, Shawshank was on again. I watched that for the 3,000th time. (laughs) So I did that, but I did see some highlights this morning that Dame just crossing the timeline and just, I mean, these guys were just crossing half court and firing up threes. Like, yeah, Murph uh, placed the wager last night on the over uh, for the game. And I mean, it won in like the the middle of the fourth quarter. So I I placed one. It was like there was a no sweat on one of the apps out there. It was like, okay. Like, what do I want? What's going to happen in this nonsense exhibition? Over. Luca, four and a half assists. Sure. That seems pretty easy because there's going to be a billion points scored. Give me that. Did he get it? Oh, he got it. <laughs> he had it by half time. That was great. Hey, it was one hell of a week for the Buckeye men's basketball team. That and the re-rack coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. 
fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a good Monday morning to you. Right now, watch for crews up in Delaware County working to clear a crash from earlier this morning. This is on I-71 northbound just beyond I-270. Crews are pushed off to the right, but keep that in mind if you're heading up to Delaware County. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Starter. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Back. If Bobby and Beamer aren't talking about it, it's not worth your time anyway. You're listening to Morning Juice. Hour number two of the program for us on a Monday. Brandon Beam, Austin Ward, Mark the Shark, Bob out on the Buckeye Cruise for cancer this coming week. And here at about 7.35 this morning, he had a chance to catch up with Avery Henry, who has a terrific story, Austin. You know that, covering Absolutely. Uh, the team. Uh, Bob's going to have a chance, did have a chance to sit down and talk with him. So we're going to air that uh, coming up here at 7.35 a little bit later on this morning in about a half hour. And then Joshua Perry, he's going to round out the program with us, as he does every single Monday, coming up here around 8.35 a little bit later on. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning. It's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus. Your destination for top-of-the-line grills with up to 30-year warranties. Billiards Plus on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Uh, Scott tweeted us. He said, NASCAR viewing tip, which you and I don't watch a lot. I'll take any tips. He said... uh, Watch them the pre-race for insight, then turn it off until there's 10 laps to go. <laughs> All right. All right. Got it. So, so the exact opposite of an F1 race. Correct. Where you need to watch the beginning and then it's over 30 minutes in. Unless you're really interested into like who's going to bring home like fifth and sixth. Uh, that racing it's like, oh, if Max gets out of the first two turns unscathed, then he's going to win. Yeah. Game over. Absolutely. By the way, Red Bull just released their new car and saw they had some uh, nice little new things on it. Yeah, and everybody else is just in a world of hurt again. Yeah, for them. tough, tough break. Um, as somebody who supports the, the uh, champions of the world, oh, uh, you are a front runner. So I am a front runner. Yeah. But I, I got on board right before they became the absolute dominant. But machine you knew that, it was. You knew I, it was see, there. Maybe it's. I, hey, sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. But I got on board as a prospector with the correct, <laughs> correct driver, correct company, uh, correct car. Uh, I guess everyone else is clinging to the hope that once they change the rules and change, you know, everything about the design of the car, like maybe Red Bull won't dominate come 2026. But I don't care about that. That's two years from now. Doesn't matter. I'm just going to revel in the Verstappen dominance till then. Just racked and stacked trophies uh, left and right. When we were at Land Grant a couple of summers ago, I asked your lovely wife, Allie, uh, who was there with you along with uh, your daughter, Liberty. I said, "Uh, who does Austin support? She goes, who do you think Austin supports? (laughs) And I said, well, given his... um, Positive nature. I'm guessing that he's a Red Bulls guy. I, and she just goes, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, a lot of people figure that out. But I like villains. <laughs> what I loved about him was the way he was talking about opponents in a press conference and the language that he used. I said, that's my guy right there. There he is. He's spicing it up. That's the guy who I'm going to attach the horse to. As somebody who has to sit through or gets to sit through, let me phrase that correctly, 200 press conferences a year, if... Th- I'd be killing for that. A little entertainment. (laughs) 
He won me over right from that. And I don't care if it was because he was being uh, a jerk to somebody else. That's what I want. That's what Austin Ward wants more. More entertainment. More fun and drama is what you're saying. I wanted to get that going two weeks ago with, like, I I was trying to get Ryan Day to walk down that road to start a feud with Lane Kiffin over the tweets and the 13 million. Uh, And I was trying to subtly do that to stoke the fire and, like, Trying to incept Ryan Day, something, and he went into his brain. Yeah, but he wouldn't. He's too smart for that. He wouldn't take the bait. No, he's like, no thanks. Not going to talk about Lane Kiffin's social media activity. Jackets uh, with a great win on Saturday night against the Sharks. It was the second latest game-winning goal ever for the Jackets. Boone scoring the goal, the go-ahead goal, to make it a four-to-three victory for the Jackets. Like with twelve point seven seconds remaining, uh, I do believe they're still out on the West Coast. They're at the Kings coming up tomorrow at seven twenty tomorrow. We'll check in with the hyphenator John Luke Grampier. No Bobby Mack this week. Uh, no Pascal this week, and probably not a player either because they're going to be coming back. They have Tuesday, Wednesday this week, and then they'll make their way back uh, on Wednesday evening into Thursday. So uh, our Jackets talk this week. We will have John Luke Grampier tomorrow, and then on Friday we will have. Of course, Jackets Insider Jeff Sabota uh, coming up a little bit later on. All those can be heard at 720. Uh, usually, Buckeye men's basketball had quite the week. Um, you look at what they had been through. Obviously, the university and Gene Smith decided to move on from Chris Holtman. When was that? Last Wednesday. Wednesday uh, it was. And Jake Diebler had an opportunity to come in here and say, all right, you know, how do we uh, how do we fix the situation Rather quickly. Well, you had a great opportunity to do it because it was the number two team in the country <laughs> and it was Purdue. Now, it seems like a rather tall test with the way that this Buckeye team had been playing. Ohio State holds on 73-69, to 69, the victory yesterday. The game was tied. I don't know how you were, but when Purdue tied the game at 67 a pop, I'm like, oh, no. Here we go again. I mean, you build up a great lead. You were at about, what, 8-10 to 10, You know, through most of the points in the second half. And then Purdue cuts that thing down to two or down to three. They hit a three pointer with a couple minutes remaining. And all of a sudden it's 67 to 67. And in my mind, I'm like, uh oh, uh, this is not going to be a great situation. This is going to be the way that they've ended a lot of these games and giving up the lead at home. But Jameson battle in the final minutes, terrific. They hit their free throws when they needed to. And they came out yesterday of the shot 73 to 69 victors over a second-ranked Purdue team in the country. Well, I don't know how you could not feel that way, Beamer. You look at the way that this team has executed in end-of-half situations and the, the puzzling stuff that they've done with turnovers and like lack of, I don't know, offensive sets. You're like, we just saw, it was two weeks ago yeah. that you gave up 18, an 18-point lead in the second half against Indiana, right? Like That has been the trend for this team now, not just this season, but for several seasons in a row that they can't finish out games. So... I don't know why anyone would not have expected that to fall apart for them. And the, and the fact that they didn't, I think yesterday is a great reminder that there is still a lot of talent on this basketball team. And you look at, you know, just refer to Vegas and like the way a lot of these spreads stay close for Ohio State because they, the people that are making the odds look at this roster from top to bottom and say, there's no way that they should not be competitive with these teams. Yeah. That they can't even, that they shouldn't be able to beat some of these teams. And that, they don't really think that was going to happen yesterday against Purdue. Uh, but what are they, eight and a half point underdogs? They, and it, but it did keep creeping the other way. A lot of money seemed to be coming in on the Buckeyes, and they did get that bounce back. But I, I do, I, you have to give Debor credit for that. But I think also, I mean, he's not the one that's on the floor. So the way yeah. that those kids yep. 
battled through what was probably not a very fun week for them. Nope. Uncertainty about their future, both long-term and in the immediate. Uh, who's going to coach this program next year? We'll see. I don't expect it to be Jake Diebler. Uh, and that that probably is not fun for any of them involved either, knowing that's probably the case. But they get to go out there. Uh, they get to just make it about basketball. Uh, and, and they they got some things to go their way, a couple breaks, and and then they made their own in the last minute. Here was Coach Jake Diebler yesterday about not collapsing uh, after they had blown a 12-point lead in which they ultimately got it back at the end. We've talked about for, for three days of putting ourselves in, pos- in the position you're talking about where, you know, we have a lead down the stretch, and the motto all week has been stay aggressive and keep swinging. I told Roddy Gale after the game, I got no problem with you taking that three because you were open, you're a good player. Like, step up and swing and knock it down next time. And I think that mentality, our, our guys embrace that. And obviously, listen, Jamison Battle was clutched on the stretch. Bruce Thornton hitting free throws. Um, I wish I could say, like, it's just some miraculous coaching at that point. But good players stepped up. The biggest thing was just the collective mentality of, of of our family out there was we were going to stay aggressive the whole game no matter what. And they did. And they stayed true to that. Yeah. And I, I think, look, again, if I'm going to say that yesterday is a reminder of the talent on that team, well, well Chris Holtman built the roster. So you can you can certainly give a glass half full look at him and say well, he, he was able to recruit well and he, he's got some guys that, that can go out and are capable of beating Purdue. And then the flip side is we saw this same roster not finish out these games when they had opportunities against much less talented teams than Purdue, uh, including that Indiana game last week. So the move, again, it makes sense. I, I, I was laughing during the pregame. Like they, the broadcasters come out, they said, "Well, the college basketball world was shocked on Wednesday. Why? Columbus wasn't. I mean, everybody has seen this coming, and this was the you could yeah. see the freedom I think that Ohio State played with on Sunday. So again, this isn't to pile on Chris Holtman, but. Uh, Ohio State, the players on the floor, and Jake Diebler pushing some of the right buttons. I think that's also a reminder uh, of of why this is trending in that direction where there's a clean slate coming for the And Buckeyes. I also think that they were motivated, too, because their coach had gotten fired, sure. right? Like, go out there and do it for your guy who had gotten you here on campus. Here was Jake Diebler after the game about his conversation with Chris Holman. Two things happened in the last few days that just really helped me. One was a conversation with Holt a couple nights ago that – it just gave me kind of a, a confidence in in him talking to me, and, and I'm not going to get into any details of the conversation, but that was really helpful for me, and I'm, I'm so thankful for that conversation. I'm just I'm so thankful to, to, to God to give me the, the peace and just the comfort to fill into this this seat in, in what's been a challenging few days. I'm sure, I'm quite sure it was a challenging few days, and here was he explained uh, why he obviously got emotional after the game. I had to take a moment just to just just to thank God there after the game, and that made me emotional. Then then going through the line, I was I was fighting it, I was fighting it, and then my wife made it to the court, and then my parents, and it was that it was trouble after that. I couldn't keep it in anymore. So. Um, but I don't want to get too into those details because I will get emotional again. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I, I get it, man. It was it was a huge win, and like I said, it's been a, a remarkably tough week for that program. But to pop your head through the other side uh, and get a big victory against Purdue was pretty remarkable. Here's Bruce Thornton echoing those same thoughts uh, of his head coach Jake Diebler about being a tough week. This one, though, my hardest, my my weirdest, most dramatic times being a college basketball player these last past week. Um, 
it's not normal when your your head coach get fired middle of the season and you finna play probably the most probably gonna be a number one uh, number one seed probably in March Madness I'm coming up soon. Um, but I just told our guys what what we got right now. Um, things happen. College basketball is a business, so we just took um, every day one day at a time. Three days out, we won that day. Two days out, we won practice another day. Um, we kept doing that, then leading up to the game, you just see your teammates with the confidence, with the swagger that about about them. That doesn't matter who we play. Um, we're gonna we're gonna show how to play house state basketball, and we showed it tonight. And here was Jamison Battle about how the players responded, obviously in a big way yesterday against Purdue after their coach was fired. I think the biggest thing was just us collectively just coming together as a team and just within that adversity, growing closer and just staying present in the moment. I think that's something I've talked about this whole year and not letting the past uh, affect us and not letting what's in the future affect us, just staying present in the moment, focusing on each day. You know, we had three really good days of prep uh, this week and then it showed on the court and we just went out there, had fun and just cut loose. It's interesting if you listen to all three of those guys back to back to back like we just did, they all said the same exact thing. Obviously, use different words, yep. but they said the same thing. Like, listen, we we reconvened on Wednesday at a Thursday practice. We had a Friday practice. We had the Saturday practice. We understood like we needed three good days to be able to come out of this other side, uh, and they certainly did that. So it's a big it's a big tip of the cap to them. Everything that they had been through in an emotional roller coaster, but the season doesn't stop. It's not like you're just no. going to quit playing games. Like you have to march on, and they certainly did that. And and look, there are winnable games out there for Ohio State. This is. Part of the part of the indictment here with Chris Holtman was that this is the worst version of the Big Ten that you could possibly conjure up. Like it is not competitive. That's also a benefit now for Ohio State going down the stretch. I, if they can bottle this up, what they did in that practice, if they're talking about that in the gym from the last three days, if they're able to keep do that, keep doing that, if Jake Debor is able to, if that fresh voice is getting through to them in a way that that Chris Holtman might not have been, they have games that they can win down the stretch. Now, is it going to get them in the NCAA tournament? Probably not. Uh, but there's a, there is an opportunity, uh, and there's a postseason in the Big Ten tournament for them. Like they have a couple weeks where, if they're able to duplicate this a few times, this could look very different for them. At Minnesota to break the losing streak on Thursday. That's an eight o'clock start up in the barn. So again, what's on the line for that? A school record losing streak <laughs> on the road. So uh, who knows what's going to happen moving forward. But again, it was a hell of a performance for them uh, after a crazy week. Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti, he wants more impactful regular season games in the conference. We'll do that next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning. Watch for crews clearing up a crash from earlier this morning. This is on I-71 northbound in the right-hand lanes just beyond I-270. In the 10 TV traffic Center, I'm Amy Stark. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Panic and passion. Uh, is that a motivational quote or the title of an adult romance novel? <laughs> You're listening to Morning Juice. Now, one more quick thing about the Buckeye basketball win yesterday. When I watch a decent amount of Big Ten basketball, and it still it drives me crazy that Zach Eady gets the game called around him like he's five foot ten. Guys, <laughs> seven foot four, reigning Big Ten Player of the Year, obvious. Wooden player of the year candidate 
Probably going to win that bad boy. Good job out of Zed yesterday, but it blows my mind how we, how Big Ten refs ref him like he is the smallest guy on the floor. Well, he did get called for one offensive foul. Beamer, what more do you want? Yeah, that's true. I mean, also, at the same time that you're talking about that, kudos to Zed Key yeah. for, for one of the more impactful games of his career. And I think... Yesterday, maybe the Big Ten refs didn't take it to the extent that they do in other games. A thousand percent. Like, and that's what it looks like. If you're allowed to play physically with Zed Key, I mean, with Zed Key down there in the paint against Zach Eady, uh, and now still, Felix Opara, the, the fouls mounting down the stretch is like, all right, they, that's the way you're going to have to get through a game. But there were certainly opportunities to call more fouls, uh, and put Zed Key on the, put Zach Eady. Those Zach two e, names, Zed Key. Those two names should not be going together. <laughs> they sound too similar. I don't. I, I have a real problem with that. Maybe that's just me. But they could have put Zach Eady on the line with more Zed Key fouls than they did, and he had even made up with a, a couple key stops down the stretch. Um, and that's probably why Purdue might not be long for the bracket in March. But we'll see. They just get ref different. You know, you got to realize. Okay, well, when you go into March, they're not Big Ten refs calling this anymore, and they look. Refs around the country do. They see the biggest guy on the floor like, huh, maybe we shouldn't call you know tic-tac fouls against that guy. Yeah. And then Purdue blows themselves out of the tournament in the first weekend. And if they get in a similar situation in March, I bet they're not going to make every single free throw that they take. Yeah, well, the 20 for 20 yesterday. Unbelievable performance. Yeah. Imagine what that game looks like if they don't absolutely just explode. Like, they've got 50% free throw shooters. Like, now we're just going to make them all. Yeah, the Buckeyes were good yesterday, too. 91%. They were 10 for 11. What a game. Yeah, it was great, man. 73 to 69 victors. I'm sure that one felt really good <laughs> for everybody around that entire program. Now, you um, you go to every Ohio State game. Football? Football game. Of course I do. As I was uh, reading this, Adam Rittenberg from ESPN had a chance to sit down with uh, Tony Petiti. Hey, Tony Petiti. Big Ten commissioner about everything that's going on. And said in a wide-ranging interview last week with ESPN, Petiti said he's focused on ensuring the Big Ten, which will increase to 18 members with four West Coast editions this summer, has November schedules packed up with games that carry CFP implications, mm. like many of the professional leagues do. Here's what Tony Petiti had to say. Uh, we've got some work to do to figure out what the future model is, because obviously it's got real impact on your regular season games. You want to make sure that your teams have the ability to have a breakout season and qualify. And we also have to be realistic about what should get you access in terms of number of wins. Look, we want meaningful games late in the season. We want fans to think that, you know, a game in the second week of November, even if you've already lost two or three games, still has a lot of value to it. That's the goal. Now, there's a good side and a bad side with the expansion of college of, of the college football playoff. One, the bad side is that the product will maybe get watered down a little bit because you're not fighting for only four spots. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you look at last season. Let's take the Buckeyes, for example, because we're in Columbus. You lose that game to Michigan last year. Like, you were out. You knew exactly what was on the line. You knew what the pressure was going to be. The year before that, you had lost the game and you still managed to work your way back in. You needed a little things, more things to happen. Um, but now we're in a situation where you could see, well, you are going to see a two loss team, potential three loss team get into the college football playoff. And I think there's good and bad to that. Now, I mean, I think as we know, sitting here in this city, 
everybody watches the Buckeyes, whether it's against Indiana or whether it's against Penn State, pretty much the same, right? I mean, we are pretty brutally honest when something doesn't go well, and when something does go well, it's like, okay, well, that's cool, but it should have been better. Like, those are the expectations that we have here around Columbus. So when I hear Tony Petiti talking about that, I'm kind of taking what he is saying and moving that outside of the Buckeyes box right. and putting that into the other 16, 17 teams inside the conference who maybe don't live with the same expectations that we here do. Well, what I'm most curious about there with Tony Petiti is if he's actually going to consider outside-the-box options to accomplish that. Because if you're talking about watering down the Big Ten, going to 18 teams is uh, about as much as you can do to that extent. Yeah. And it's going to limit the options that you have. Because guess what? Indiana and Rutgers and Maryland have to play games, and Northwestern has to play games, and they have to go on the schedule somewhere. They're going to be playing teams in November. So how creative are you actually going to get with that? And does that mean they're just going to save USC and Michigan for November? Or does that mean Oregon, Ohio State, they want to move those games to later in the year to make them more impactful? No, that's not a solution. It doesn't create uh, an answer to the problem that you have. You can't take a half measure. You already made this choice to go to 18. It's going to cause the schedule to not be as appealing with every Big Ten game. What what is the NFL to do? You have to look to them as the model. What do they find as a solution? Divisions and conferences and a clear path to making the games count for something. And are they actually going to take those steps? And what does that look like when you go to 18? You know, four and five team pods are silly. They're going to be imbalanced. They've, They've made this almost unworkable in a lot of ways. That's what you have to do. If you're going to assign value to November, that's the path that you have to follow. You're not just going to make them significant by plucking it out of thin air and say, hey, these games are more important. These are the teams we think are good. You have to put a path involved where even if the Bears are two games back in the division, they have a chance late in the year. Like That's what the Big Ten is going to have to do. Are they actually willing to consider that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, and that's going to be the challenge moving forward. Um, he also talked, he said, when you're as deep as we are, we've got things to make sure that we have access to the postseason that we think we deserve and it has to be earned on the field. I'm a big believer in that. And that helps you in your regular season. More teams play more meaningful games later in the season. I still think we can do more there. Now, then it comes down to, all right, well, you're saying that you're saying that you need more teams in the playoff, but it also goes against you then to play high risk games at the end of the year because you want your best teams to be winning at the end of the year, which then guarantees, not guarantees you, gives you a higher chance of likelihood of you getting more teams in with more money than coming into your your universities in your conference. So it's kind of like a damned if you do, damned yeah. if you don't situation for him. That's the catch-22 because, all right, now you're saying publicly that it's important for you to be in the college football playoff. All right, that's counterintuitive to wanting November games, to your point, Beam, yep. to, to matter more. So are you willing, if you're Tony Petiti and Big Ten presidents and athletic directors, more maybe more importantly, to say, we believe that having significant games in November should not come at the expense of going to the college football playoff. We're willing to do this. Part of the issue that I think everyone can't get past is, well, we've got to have these opportunities for non-conference teams, and, and it's important for Ohio State to play MAC opponents, and you know we want to give to the rest of the college support. No. Play 12 games in the Big Ten. You want them to be more significant, play a nothing but Big Ten schedule, and then that means that every game counts for more. 
don't have don't have these walkthrough games. And I, I understand that people think it's cool and for Bowling Green to have an opportunity and Toledo to come play in the horseshoe is significant for those guys. Cool. That doesn't help the Big Ten's goals. So, but that's what I'm. I, I'm not advocating that they absolutely have to do that, though. I think that they should. Twelve Big Ten games is the best path forward in my mind to accomplish these goals. Uh, I would listen to other arguments against it, uh, but if you're going to actually say these things and mean them, that they're going to be significant November games, and this is how to get, it, and you still want to go to college football playoff access, how outside the box are you willing to go? Well, you've also kind of declared what you meant to the college sport by joining forces with the sec. Sure. <laughs> like, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of differentiating, differentiating viewpoints uh, on this entire thing. So what are they going to do? I don't think anybody knows, but it sounded good. I'm sure uh, when it left his mouth, <laughs> Buckeye, a, you just ahead. give some buzzwords. I mean, cool. <laughs> but actually take some action. You're going to have to Buckeye. Avery Henry sits down from the Buckeye cruise with Bob. To talk about his incredible journey next morning. Jupes right here on the fan. <laughs> Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a good morning to you. Right now, no major crashes to let you know about across central Ohio. We are seeing busy traffic on I-71 northbound coming into downtown Columbus. Also on 33 westbound as you approach the 270 loop on the southeast side. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stagger. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Beam has a baby face. Bobby has soft hands. That should not stop you from listening to this show. This is Morning Juice. Brandon Beam, Austin Ward, Mark the Shark, cruising along here. Little Monday edition of the program. Bobby is on the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer this week. He had some awesome opportunities to sit down with some current Buckeyes, some former Buckeyes. We're going to scatter those uh, throughout the entirety of the week. But here's the first one, an incredible story uh, from Avery Henry. Take it away, Bob. Here with Avery Henry, Ohio State Buckeye, on the Buckeye Cruise. And it's a very unique situation that we're in because very rarely do we have, you know, a guy who's his age who's actually battled and overcome cancer. So, Avery, you're a native of the Valley, St. Clairsville, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah. I don't want to say, I almost said Steubenville, which I know would have been a bad thing out there. But native of St. Clairsville, you got diagnosed shortly after coming to Ohio State. What has your trip and your journey to Ohio State been like? My my journey to Ohio State consisted of, at in the beginning when I first uh, you know really got into football, I weighed four hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I you look I have, good. You look good. I appreciate that. I've I've had a lot of diversity in my life, and I think that's dir- direct correlation to my work ethic, to me beating cancer, to me being able to talk about these kind of things so um yeah i lost 150 pounds um i started working out twice a day grilled chicken rice broccoli yeah. you you name it all oh, the healthy yeah. stuff absolutely and uh yeah i did that for two years and then finally on my last last home game coach stud and uh, coach wilson came and they offered me so you come to Ohio State, you're thinking big things. You're an Ohio kid, small-town kid from the eastern portion of Ohio. They call it the Valley, a uh, coach of mine that coached there called it the Valley of Knowledge, if you will. Yeah. I don't know if we're fully going that far, yeah. but it's a big deal. You come here to Ohio State, and then you know, within a handful of months that you're here, you find out 
you know, like, is it a cyst? Is it cancer in your wrist? And you get this diagnosis and your whole life turns on its head. And what was that all about? What was that like? Well, when it first happened, I didn't look at the way I looked at it now as a blessing. Um, I looked at it as I worked my entire life to do one thing, to make it to the NFL, to pay for my mom's house, to get us out of the position we're in. She's a single mom so with three kids, so times aren't always easy. Um, yeah, um, went through that. Um, I'm sorry, can you ask that that question? Oh, just well, like, yeah. when you you're find out, I mean, like you said, you have these grand dreams of coming yes. here. You said all these things you want to provide for your family, your aspirations of playing Ohio State, and then all of a sudden, instead of playing Ohio State, you're all of a sudden diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, um, like I said, I, it, it hit deep because that's that's all I knew. I grew up playing, what, 16 years of football. I, I actually played at too young of an age, which I wasn't allowed to play, but I played. <laughs> and I played... You're a big kid. I played older kids, yeah. so there was no question asked. I was just one of them. Um, but... It's definitely hard um, at that point in time. I, like I said, I saw it as a curse. And eventually, I had felt as if all this time and effort I put in could be put to a better cause as to motivational speaking, to using my journey to help millions of people one day, which is my plan. So, yeah. When you're sitting there in that moment and they tell you, and like when we talked and we just watched you know a video of you going through a whole process of hey uh, when you finish with this one also is it a cyst is it cancer the first emotions that overcame you at that point yeah um, when you when you hear cancer um, unfortunately dying is right next to it so and, and you um, you unfortunately know the odds aren't that good and it being bone cancer I mean the odds are even worse so I I can't lie the first thing I thought of was Man, this this isn't good. I don't know how I'm going to make it out of it, but I'm going to I'm going to try. I'm going to fight. So those those are the first emotions that hit me. Then right after that, anger. I went into a room all by myself um, at the Woody Hayes, and just can't can't lie. I just started hitting stuff, and then out of nowhere, I started to tear up. I mean, all these emotion hit hit you at one you know one one point in time. You know how to you don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. So. And, and being young and immature at that moment, I didn't know what to do with it. So, yeah. When I mean, you're still a young man, you're now healthy and cancer-free. And when you saw the emotion, you've seen this. And I, I don't know if you knew about the Buckeye Cruise before, but you're know, getting a chance to come on this and you see the work that's being done and all of the money that goes to the research that we started this thing almost two decades ago. It's been over 15 years. And you like to think that it's making a difference. And hopefully it's made a difference for you. But when you see this, you saw the ovation that you get. I mean, you've never started a game at Ohio State. But the battle that you fought and everything that you've gone through and the respect that you have now for this. I mean, what what was this experience like being on here? It was amazing. I mean, the people that came up after my speech and told me how motivated they were by my journey. And they, and they had cancer or one of their family members had cancer. And to be able to talk to them and like I said, have the opportunity to change their life, to make them think in a different aspect, to, you know, make them fight a little longer. So I, it, it, it's definitely great being here and being able to talk to these people that can also correlate with me. I mean, these people have had cancer and they're, they're giving me advice at the same time. It's not just one way. So 
it's been awesome here and I hope this one day can can come to a great means where we find a cure for cancer so what has the support been like from the athletic department from the football team from Buckeye Nation at large yeah so actually when I was getting my MRI they they had told me I had to wait a month and a half two months to get my MRI well the football team called and (laughs) three days later I was in and I found out what I had if that had not happened I can't say I'd be here today it's a really fast spreading disease it could have been three inches farther and to put that in terms I mean three inches was already a lot yeah so um yeah I mean and and plus the people that have hit me up and talked to me on people have come up come up to me crying at the James telling me their kids in here and and we're fighting it together and I'm I'm talking to them about just keep just keep going just keep going just keep going don't give up and yeah it, it's it's been great all around so so Avery like I see the scar on your wrist I mean when you went through there you had the bone grafts like uh, oh, <laughs> for a guy like you mentioned you were four, over 400 pounds you're a big yeah. guy you're a strong guy and they're telling you they're going to do a bone graft yeah. on your arm I mean, and you look at it now, and like, unless you look close, you can't see you're a big dude. There's a little bit of a dent in it, yeah. but it, I mean, how did that all go? Yeah, well, when they first told me they were going to take three inches of my ulna, um, they had told me, Avery, you're not going to be able to do half the things you were able to do. And I, I remember saying, you don't... I remember saying in my head, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I'm willing to do. And from that day on, I started running every day. I started lifting. I started slowly pushing myself back into being able to do heavier weights. And they told me I'd I'd probably never be able to carry a a 20-pound dumbbell. What? A 20-pound dumbbell. And to put it in terms for you, I bench bench 315 Yeah, you look good, dude. Maybe not O-line good, but physically, you look like like you're a strong human being. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel strong all around. I mean, like I said up on stage, I run a mile to two miles almost every day. Um, I'm in the best shape, which is weird because they told me my body would never be the same. (laughs) And it's I'm actually better in every sense. So as as long as I think so. No, that's great, Avery. Listen, so we've talked about, you know, the physical aspects of it, the psychological aspects of everything, of battling through something this significant. People talk about this a lot now, and mental health is a big deal. And going through something that's this significant at a young age. Yeah. Um, First, I I just want to thank Harry Miller for what he's done with the mental health, uh, the mental health thing that he's had. I I remember the first time I opened up to him and I was telling him all the hard times that I've been through, me, me, me laying on the couch and not being able to get up and how it affected my mind in the matter of I thought at points I was I was worthless I thought at points that I might not be okay one day I I, and and I and I think also it'd be nice for it to be like mandatory in a sense for cancer patients to have to talk about you know just just to someone about their emotions and things because all these things build up and you think you're okay but you're not and it's you know, okay. I, I it went exactly good. and I went through that exact process that I'm telling you right now I didn't tell anyone I didn't tell anyone so I just held it in I wanted to be the strong guy that everyone looked at and saw and saw that he was doing okay 
you know, and that's what I wanted to show. But I, I later learned in life that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to talk to someone about your emotions. It's okay to ask for help. So, yeah. That's tremendous. Well, Avery Henry, we really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the cruise. Thank you for being a Buckeye. And uh, we're going to do some great things on here. So have a good time and enjoy the week, all right? Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. There you go, Bob and Avery Henry. Great stuff uh, out of those guys. And that's a very real conversation that those two had about a very real situation that that young man um, went through and is going through currently. But I thought there were some great messages in there. Uh, first one of many that Bob's going to do this week while he's on the Buckeye Cruise for cancer. We'll let you know what has this juice next. Morning juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning to you. Right now expect lane closures on I-270 eastbound just beyond I-71 on the north side of town. Two lanes are shut down because of a crash that crews are working to clear up. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stagerwald. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A radio show hosted by two former football players. One slightly more successful than the other. You're listening to Morning Juice. We're here on The Juice, brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Healthy, leader in testosterone and hormone replacement therapy. You can, of course, visit them on the line at feelgreatcolumbus.com. What's got you juiced? Sponsored by Newman Roofing. Call Newman Roofing today at 614-NEW-ROOF or visit online at newmanroofing.com. Hey, Ward Spores, little Monday coming off a nice weekend, buddy. What's got you fired up today? Uh, vacation on yeah. Wednesday. I mean, nice. it's so close. I had dreams, Beam, <laughs> about the start of the event on Thursday. I'm not lying. I've been dreaming about golf. I just can't stop thinking about it. And then we had this terrible you know, weather over the weekend, the worst we've had. And that, I think, just stokes the fire even more. I mean, in a two-hour time span, it went from roads very clear to us living in Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was nuts. We were, we were telling Liberty on, on Friday with, with my parents in town, like, well, we're going to go to Penn's tonight and do some of this bowling, and we're going to go to, to Bridge Park and, and go eat. And all of a sudden, uh, it was like I was back in Laramie in, in the middle of December. It's like, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. And she was like, this is the worst day of my life. I'm like, <laughs> Really? This? This is as bad as it gets? Is that you don't get to go to Penns tonight, which she still got to go this weekend. She, we went yesterday. She still got to play against, you know, Mimi and Papa. Like, just have a little patience. Do Look they, outside. You don't, you, you can drive in that, Dad. Yeah, I can. I'm not going to. But I'm to. not gonna. <laughs> That's, that had me juiced. Like, what are you talking about? The worst day of your life. I think, um, so over at Pins, and then they've got 16-bit, right? They're the same Oh, yeah, company. it's connected, yeah. Um, Tapper is by far, in a way, Meredith and I's favorite game. It's one. Of, it's got to be one of the best games ever made. Ever made. Yeah. I tried to teach Liberty how to play that yesterday, and she was, like, completely uninterested. I'm like, are you kidding me? Pulling the keg tab here? This is fun. <laughs> Up and down, serving beer, slinging drinks. What's better than that? She's like, no, nope, I'm out of here. Maybe she just wanted us to go play Street Fighter and mash the buttons. Maybe when she turns 21, she'll have a new affinity uh, uh, for Tapper. <laughs> I hope so. Shark. Yes. What's Schlake's got to say this morning? I used to get kicked out of practice. I know. To me. You know. Get this guy out of here. I'm like, fine, I'm going to go eat a cheeseburger and lift some weights. 
go to Roosters, get some wings and dip them in ranch, some Bud Heavy, uh, get some heavy doses of iron. I'll be back. I'll be 260. See you guys. <laughs> Wise words, our man. Uh, Saturday, late Saturday, the Blue Jackets out in San Jose, and I had to stay up till about one twenty in the morning to hear Bobby Mack. And here they are on the rush. Boone Jenner ahead, trying to get behind the defense. Backhanded shot, and he scores! It's one of those things that makes you go boom! With 13 seconds left in regulation time, the Blue Jackets captain lifts them to a 4-3 to lead. Those days of losing late in the third period are over. They're done. Yeah. Never coming relief. back. And now we're going to sweep the whole California three-game series out there. Just as Jean-Luc predicted. Yes. Jean-Luc said 3-1 and one on they're the four-game road trip. So far, they're 4-1. and one. I've got faith in Jean-Luc. He knows what he's talking about. And then yesterday, Paul Keels, I give him credit. I listened to the pregame show. He had no voice. And I thought, how is he going to get through this game? This is his final call. Left hands it up. And in. It's a wrap. 19 battle, 73-69 Ohio State. Purdue to inbound with one second to play. Mason Gillis chucks it all the way into the forecourt. Zach Eady bats it into Mahaffey's hands, and the Buckeyes have pulled the upset. What has been a difficult season sees a great afternoon occur here in Columbus. 73-69 Ohio State upsets number two Purdue. And that was it. He didn't even get comments from Ron. He said, we'll be back with the post-game show after this. And then what really had me juiced was the post-game OSU celebration in the locker room. I can't even. I can't even. Yeah, there you go. I'm so... Proud of you guys, man. Yeah. I'm so proud of you guys. First off, can we give give a round of applause to the staff? And everything you guys, everything we asked you to do, you did. I mean, you, you guys earned the right to win this game. You earned the right to win this game in, in practice. How you came together, how tough you were, how hard you played, every single person, like that was a lot of fun, man. Hell yeah. That was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. That was intense. Hell yeah. That was high, high, high level. And we just want to thank you guys for being two feet in, for coming together, for like loving each other. We we said it. Every time we break it down, we say what? Family. family. This is a family. All right, you guys played how a family plays. You guys played how you've practiced how a family practices. Like, unbelievable job, man. I'm just, I'm so proud of, of each and every one of you. So proud. Oh, that really had me juiced in these uh, kind of back-to-back nightmare seasons. We finally got something to celebrate. And uh, 
Coach Diebler, he was soaked. I don't know what yeah. they sprayed him with, but he was sopping wet when he was giving that uh, post-game speech. Beamer, what has you juice? Half of it was water, half of it was sweat, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he's pulling one out of Sean Miller's playbook uh, from a few years ago when he was drenched in an NCAA tournament game. But, yeah, obviously that had me pumped up over the weekend seeing them. What a hell of a week that they've had, right? I mean, just a crazy, crazy week. And then to pop through the other side and get a victory uh, over Purdue, that's fantastic. What's not got me juice? Meredith's got a fever. Uh, mm. text, she texted me this morning. And usually around six, I send her a text and you know, see what's going on. And I said, "How are you feeling?" She goes, "Well, it doesn't feel like I have you know razor shards in my throat anymore, but I still uh, don't feel very well." I'm like, "Well, you have today off. You know, she's got today off. She could have been at work, and uh, they didn't. So they didn't have school. So that's got me juiced in a negative way. She's not feeling good, which means a lot of dad and Willie playtime yes. coming up here today. Isn't that the worst? You get sick on a day off. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, no one should have to deal with that. It should be illegal. Get sick on work days. I mean, come on. Then you can use that PTO. Use that PTO. Use the PTO uh, that you got. So that's got me negative juice over the weekend, but did have a fantastic sporting weekend here uh, in Columbus overall. Like we were just talking about, the Buckeye men's basketball team took down Purdue yesterday at the shot, shot just as we had all anticipated. That in the re-rack next. Morning juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and a good Monday morning to you. Right now expect lane closures on I-270 eastbound just beyond I-71 on the north side of town. Because of a crash, crews are working to clear up that has two eastbound lanes shut down. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stocker. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keep on swiping that card, baby. Keep on swiping that card. Charge it to winning. This is Morning Juice. Hour number three of the program for us. On President's Day Monday, Brandon Beam, Austin Ward, Mark the Shark, Bobo, on the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer. A really cool opportunity to sit down and talk to Avery, Avery Henry earlier on in the program. I was looking at Joshua Perry's name on our prep sheet, and I'm like, nope, Joshua Perry, he's coming up in 30 minutes. Avery Henry uh, a little bit earlier on, which was great. Again, we got a podcast for that if you want to go back and take a listen. That's shortly after 9 a.m. Uh, that's going to be posted to all of your podcasting platforms, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, whatever it is, uh, it's on there. Just type in Morning Juice in the search bar, hit subscribe, and all the episodes that we do uh, are going to magically go to your smartphone or your listening device. So Avery Henry, that was great stuff a little bit earlier on uh, in the 7 o'clock hour. Bill Bender, join us, talk all things college football and what's going on here in the offseason. A lot of crystal balls, a lot of magic hats uh, from Bill Bender uh, a little bit earlier on as well. So Joshua Perry, he's going to join the program. Like I said, coming up here in about oh half hour away from now, 30 minutes time for J.P. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning. It's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus. Your destination for top-of-the-line grills with up to 30-year warranties. Billiards Plus on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Just heard a lot of this from uh, what had shark juiced and us too mm-hmm. as well uh, over the weekend. But jackets get it done late, late against the Sharks out in San Jose. On Saturday evening into Sunday morning for us locally, uh, when this game finished up, four to three winners. They're at the Kings coming up tomorrow. 
Uh, so we'll see what happens on that front. Last week, John Luke uh, predicting a three and one stretch in these four games. The Jackets are currently one and one through four, so they just need a couple more in a row here. Bring a nice little three game winning streak back home to Columbus. But it was great to see Boone uh, do what he does. Obviously, like his level of play as of late. I, I don't know if it was the All Star bump. That he's been getting, but his level of play and command of what he is doing right now is out of control. It's the Yarmo bounce. Yeah. You look uh, at tough week yep. for the Blue Jackets, tough week for the Buckeyes basketball team, and here they are, responding. Jolted to life, Beam. Responding to adversity. You, you have to. You can't be afraid to be great. No, you never want to be scared to be great. That's one of the worst places in the world to be. As you know, and you found out many a times, too much fear. <laughs> I listen. I couldn't do it. I don't like to see my name in bright lights. Up, you know, start to read headlines about myself. I don't. I don't like living in that world. No, it's not for everyone. I'm scared to be great. Yeah, those guys are not scared to be great. No, and they're they're delivering. They, they met delivering. the moment. Boone Jenner. How about that? Twelve point seven seconds uh, left to go in the game. Second latest ever game winning goal uh, in Jackets history. So that was awesome. Like I said, they're at the Kings coming up here late game. I believe the 10 o'clock start for them tomorrow. Then they're 1030 on Wednesday. Buckeye men's basketball team take down Purdue 73 to 69. Get into that here in a second. And uh, by the way, if you're keeping track at home. It's black and gold week because the Hello. reigning MLS cup champions begin their season coming up on Saturday. I'm surprised you're doing the golf trip this week and you're not going to be over at the death star for the season opener. It's the second time that this has happened with the home opener creeping into my vacation and my trip to North Carolina. I don't love it. I want to be there to celebrate because the last time that you and I were in there yep. was an unforgettable evening, lots of hugs, and a championship for the home team. It's great. So, Did you ever get down to the... Pr- oh, did yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. All right, so we haven't talked about this, but all right, so the way that this went, the way that this went down, so it was myself and you, and we were obviously doing the pregame festivities and doing a show before the game, Meredith was there, of course, and one of my buddies, Max, he joined us, mm-hmm. glommed on later. There may or may not have been a ticket that was or was not scanned, and 30 minutes before the match started, we had an extra ticket for him, and so that he was able to make his way into the building. So that was found money already. He was pumped. He was already down. He was at, at Langrant. Was it Langrant? Right? Oh, he was at Langrant. Yeah. He was at Langrant, and then... <laughs> I got an Uber down to the stadium. He's like, yeah, roads were empty down here. Like, yeah, dude, we're 20 minutes away from the match starting. Like, yeah, I would imagine that everything is pretty empty because, uh, you know, the roads are, uh, everybody is in here. We're already in. Everybody's at lower.com field. And so uh, when the crew beat LAFC to win their championship, Meredith and I had left because we had babysitters. My stepdad and my mom were up from Dayton. We're like, all right, we got to bolt. We got to go. You know, we saw the... We booed Dong Arbor. We did that whole thing. We got to see the trophy lift. And so by the time that we were leaving the building, everybody was kind of leaving. And we had press credentials uh, to get into that game. And the last that I, and I haven't talked to you about this since then. I mean, it's been two months yep. uh, since that happened. What was that? December 16th, I think was the date uh, of the game. So it has been. It's been two months basically on the button. The last I saw you at lower.com field, you were trying to get down to the press area and you were stopped by uh, some great law enforcement officers yeah give them a little bit of power i said i'm just trying to get to the field because i still had the media credential around my neck and i'm like i think i'm just gonna go down there and see what the celebration is like i'm allowed to yeah i'm a member of the media yeah get out of my way i'm <laughs> definitely not drunk <laughs> 
And she said, oh, no, you, you just can't get... Because I've never covered a game there. I've never had a media credential. I'm always in the Nordic. Uh, that's where our season tickets are. And I'm like, All right. She's like, no, you, she stopped me for a little bit. I'm like, I can see the field right there. Like, get out of the way. She's like, no, okay. Go back and take the elevator down. Oh, sure. Like, go through the uh, fancy, ritzy suites down there where they're just like, there's drinks and food everywhere out there. I go through there, no problem. Then I'm just walking out onto the field while the celebration is ongoing just by myself. It's like Adam King is over there on the touchline. I, I picked up his mic and walked away with it. He's like, who is this? Because I'm, I'm still wearing my crew gear. Like I'm not dressed to go do any coverage. No, we are dressed to be there as a Bone and Beam United arm of of the soccer coverage, which is, again, just us being fans. So he he's rattled because they're trying to go live to cover the celebration from the field. Who's this idiot with he's my like, microphone? This maniac just walked up and took my microphone, and I just... I'm like, hey, and then he finally figured out who I was, and then I went over and did that to some other people who were trying to work, which, you know, I don't get that opportunity very much. <laughs> I stood there, beam, I don't, I, they had that clip of like Aiden Morris walking back yeah. out. He's the last, I didn't stay out that long because that was like two hours afterwards, but I, until every player left the field the first time, I stayed down there and just like watched it. It was like so cool, so unique. Allie and Lib were at a, a watch party at SIP up by our house. It's like I knew that it wasn't going to change anything if I got home a little bit later. So I just, well, you know, I'll wait for the Uber prices to drop and I'll stand out here and maybe take some of their celebratory Heineken with me. Who knows? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I'm glad you had a good time. It was time awesome. With that. Yeah. It was weird because, like, you were gone and we'd had a great time celebrating that. And I just, like, after messing with, uh, you know, some of the other media members on the sideline, I just, I just stood there and, like, didn't talk. Some of the players came over and like, you know, dapped me up and like, that was cool, but I didn't want to be part of it. I wasn't trying to talk to anybody. Yeah. I just watched it. So it was, it was very cool. Well, you had done your part five hours prior. Uh, I had. When we had, when we done the, the award winning pregame show. Yeah. Yeah. Yaya Boa came over and was like, he just was on cloud nine and was like, hey, yeah, man, scored like, the game winner. Congrats. Like, he's like, so cool. Like, isn't this awesome? I'm like, yeah, it is. Like, you came into this day and your life is different now afterwards. Maybe not like, you didn't. It's not the the Super Bowl, and like, but for crew fans, yeah. for soccer fans, like life is different for you now than afterwards. It really was. So they get their season underway. Reigning Cup champs coming up at home against Atlanta. That is a two o'clock start on Saturday. So uh, not going to be wearing the Charlie Browns, I don't think, uh, on Saturday. But I think they're going to go probably. Are they going to go normal black uniforms? I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I will say this about the crew uniforms, their banana kit for this year. It looks better on Supreme grade A athletes than it would on me. <laughs> like, it looks better on Cucho than it would on me. I guess the best I can say for it is that they could have been worse. Yeah, they could have been. And they're fine. They're fine. It's a new look. And, you know, I wish it wasn't the year that they had the vertical star on there. But whatever. I don't have much of an opinion other than it looks better on, like, Cucho and Christian Ramirez than it would uh, on myself. Buckeye basketball, get it done. It's 73-69, to 69, just as we all predicted against Purdue. Uh, yesterday. Listen, the program had a hell of a week, right? I mean, $12.8 million buyout. Your coach goes by the wayside. Jake Diebler is charged um, with getting this team into a spot where maybe, just maybe, it's on life support, but something crazy can, can happen. And it all had to start yesterday against Purdue Austin, 73-69, like I said, the final score. Here was Jake Diebler after the game about his conversation that he had before the game uh, with former coach Chris Holt. Two things happened in the last few days that just really helped me. One was a conversation with Holt 
couple nights ago that it just gave me kind of a, a confidence in, in him talking to me. And, and I'm not going to get into any details of the conversation, but that was really helpful for me. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that conversation. I'm just, I'm so thankful to, to, to God to give me the, the peace and just the comfort to fill into this this seat in, in what's been a challenging few days. Yeah, it was a really challenging few days uh, for fans of the program, and I can't imagine going through it as a staff member or as a current player on those teams, right? I mean, Chris Holtman recruited that staff, and he recruited those players to be here. Now, at their best, we saw them what they could do yesterday. I thought Zedke electrifying defensively. I mean, he had five steals. He guarded Zach Eady. Uh, did a fantastic job. Jamison Battle coming up in big moments. Bruce Thornton, again, once, once again, being aggressive, going to the rim and knocking down some big shots like i know they played with a lot of motivation because of what happened last week and i think that's also kind of the frustrating parts like it's been in there like it's it's in there somewhere and that i think the most importantly has been the most frustrating part for buckeye fans because you knew it was in there i i was thinking about wednesday and gene smith says well i'm trying to give ohio state like the players their best chance down the stretch this is what they need maybe it'll a jolt of energy can come by making this change. And I thought that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. If you thought that, you know, Chris Holtman is the best suited guy to lead this team when you gave him the extension two years ago, as ill, ill advised as that may have been, like, doesn't he still know enough basketball to unlock that? Isn't he the one who puts them in the best position? And I think that's like, do you really believe that? But that w- turns out to be correct. I didn't think about it from the perspective of Bruce Thornton constantly being asked if his coach is going to get fired yeah. like that's going to get old that's not attention that's focused on like just on the game or and even that's a, a press conference but beyond that like every day being on campus or going to practice and be like is this is this going to be the long-term solution for the Buckeyes is my coach going to be here like thinking about that I think maybe that clarity and that decision which it surprised me that they would make the move on Valentine's Day in the middle of the month with a month of basketball still left for them but if this was inevitable, which it seemed to be, then this opportunity to remove that distraction has seemed to help Ohio State, at least for one game, at least for five days. Will that continue on? We'll see. But I, that actually made more sense with the timing than I would have thought five days ago. Here was Jamison Battle yesterday after his great performance. Good to see him kind of get back around into form a little bit and how the players handled their coach being fired. I think the biggest thing was just us collectively just coming together as a team and just within that adversity, growing closer and just staying present in the moment. I think that's something I've talked about this whole year and not letting the past uh, affect us and not letting what's in the future affect us. Just staying present in the moment, focusing on each day. You know, we had three really good days of prep uh, this week and then it showed on the court and we just went out there, had fun and just cut loose coach jake diebler echoed those same sentiments guys we've got three days to get ready the season isn't stopping we're not just putting up a big stop sign and saying okay we're forfeiting the rest of the season the show had to go on yesterday and it went on in a grand fashion uh for the ohio state men's basketball team who you know for all intents and purposes is a lost year that's quite the signature moment that they got and it's a reminder of what they can accomplish in terms of reaching their potential they are there are talented players on this team yeah i think that's what I, you called it that frustration and wondering why that hadn't clicked for them previously. Uh, again, that, that points to why the decision was made on Wednesday. But let's set all that aside. You saw what Bruce Thornton can do. You saw what an aggressive Roddy Gale can do. You saw Zed Key making plays defensively that, that sparked Ohio State in a big way. There were opportunities. There was one stretch in there where I saw him, Zed Key, was on the sideline and really you know, coaching up Felix Akpara and trying to you know bring some of that leadership. Like, 
It has to be a collective effort. And Jake Debor talked about it in celebration with them wanting to be a family, playing like a family, practicing like a family. I, I think you know sometimes that stuff can border on on cliche and and how much value does it actually bring? You know, Sunday they rallied together. And they had an opportunity when the game got tight. They were being pushed to the limit. They've been in these situations already this year and not met the moment. They didn't let that happen on Sunday. That's a tribute to the guys that are on the floor. Weren't scared to be great. Like you and I would have very much been in that situation. Absolutely folding, not making free throws. (laughs) What Ryan Day had to say about his hirings this offseason, you're going to hear from him next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning. Right now we are still watching lane closures on I-270 eastbound just beyond I-71 on the north side of town. Because of a crash, crews are working to clear up. Expect some backups in those eastbound lanes. Also on the south side of town this morning, I-270 eastbound to 23 southbound. That ramp is completely shut down right now. Instead, to avoid this, flip around at Alum Creek Drive and use that I-270 westbound ramp to get under 23 southbound in the 10 tv traffic center i'm amy stagger without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call click Granger.com or just stop by Granger. For the ones who get it done. Here's a list of undisputed facts. Beamer is round. Shark was a swinger. And no one derails a show like Bobby Carpenter. No one. This is Morning Juice. Well, Monday edition of the program. Brandon Beam, Austin Ward, Mark the Shark. Lots of good stuff. Coming out of the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer, Bob had a chance uh, to sit down with Avery Henry. We just played that uh, a little bit earlier on in the program, almost an hour ago. Again, go listen to that anywhere you get your podcast from shortly after the program. Joshua Perry's going to join us coming up here uh, at 8.35. He's usually, uh, he's a usual suspect on the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer, but he's he did not go this year. Yeah, I got to ask him about that. The, the well, time I, that I was honored to go, Joshua Perry's out there just Flashing the the twelve pack that he's got, yep. no shirt ever. Yeah, I, if I looked like that, I wouldn't wear a shirt. Either. He's robbing the people of what they want. You pay all that money to go on the cruise, you expect to see Joshua Perry without a shirt on. Of course you do. Like that's what that's the that's what you pay for. Bobby Schlegs, no thank you. <laughs> no, Joshua Perry. Yes, Tyvis Powell. Yes, give those it to guys. Me. Those yeah. guys. Eight thirty five. So JP's going to join the program. Uh, my guess is, and not that I was texting Joshua about this yesterday for uh-huh. sure. Uh, but my guess is that he's got a wife that's 34 weeks pregnant. Mm. That's an educated guess. That's a, that's an educated <laughs> guess, right. I'm not sure uh, exactly what was going on, but that is my guess as to why he's not on the cruise this year. Didn't want to use one of his last opportunities before fatherhood you to know, go it gets, take a vacation. It gets a little... Uh, I tried to get you to do that. I know, <laughs> and thankfully I didn't because then our son was born like four days later. Would have been perfect, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and now I wish I would have taken yeah, that Yeah, don't you wish? Say, Austin, you were right. Austin, uh, no, I cannot play golf with you again anytime in the future because <laughs> I'm just doing dad stuff. Well, Now, all those years, I made fun of Tim for forever because I would ask him, you know, eight years ago, seven years ago, Tim, you want to play golf today? You want to play golf? And I had no responsibilities at the time. Didn't have a dog. Wasn't married at that time. Like, yeah, sure, Meredith and I lived together, but we weren't married and, you know, didn't have... Any responsibilities at all. Yeah. Literally none. And he would always say, nope, busy. Got the kid today. And I would always laugh at him. Yeah. But guess what? 
Guess who's laughing now? Yeah. It's not because he didn't want to play golf. <laughs> yeah, I can't. People I can't do it. That. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to find an excuse to not go out and drink beer and play golf. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that's a real thing. Ryan Day has finalized his staff with the hiring last week of James Laurinaitis, made it official. You had 10 guys now on the roster of the coaching staff. Uh, that became final. Here was Ryan Day in some sort of work kitchen uh, via 11 Warriors talking about bringing James on as a staff member. Well, first off, he knows Ohio State. He loves Ohio State. Uh, he has credibility with the players. He has credibility with recruits because he's done it. And not only did he do it, he did it at an unbelievable uh, level. He did it in the NFL. But, but I, I've been impressed with the way that uh, he's you know, transitioned from being a player to a coach. But I think when you look at James, when you look at Brian, those guys were guys who you know, maximized themselves on the field. And so you know, as they you know, transitioned from being in the NFL to college, they used a lot of things they learned, especially in the, the latter years of their NFL career, to help guys on the field. And so uh, I've seen you know, so many great things from him. Had an opportunity to see him on the road the last couple uh, weeks. Did an unbelievable job there. There's a lot of momentum. So we felt like it was the right move. There's a little bit of an interim job here over the last couple of weeks for James. Being out on the road and being able to recruit and going out there and kind of getting your footing abound. And you and I had talked about this earlier in the 6 o'clock hour, Austin, that Ryan Day understands that he's at a pretty imperative crossroads, right? Yeah. Like, it is a big season, and the pressure is mounting here in Columbus for him to get the job done. And with the expansion of the college football playoff, just getting in and being one of the 12 teams is not the baseline expectation. It is, you need to beat Michigan this year. They just lost Jim Harbaugh. It's a new coach. It's Sharon Moore. Like, you need to beat them. That is goal number one. And then you win every other game uh, before that, right? Like, we understand that. But the interesting part about James and what you were mentioning was, is James the best long-term hire at this position for Ohio State? Yeah, probably. But that wasn't necessarily what Ryan Day was battling this offseason, which made it so interesting. Yeah, you need to, to maximize 2024 to the best of Ryan Day's ability. This is his career. This is his legacy. This is... Uh, a roster that is ideally suited to go out and win a national championship. So after a couple of years where you could look at some of the hiring decisions, the personnel work, whether that's who they brought in, who they kept on staff, any of these things, you could you could certainly point to, and I think specifically in the loss in the big house in November, some of the areas where they broke down, whether that was special teams, whether that was uh, you know coming up short in quarterback development, whatever, you look at what led you to that point and were Corey Dennis, were Parker Fleming. Um, you look at the play, uh, the touchdown that should have been an interception for Denzel Burke, but some of the coverage opportunities there at safety, were they fully maximized? The, the, the time to evaluate that is so small. Yeah. Like it only comes down to you play that one game one and one play that makes a difference. Sometimes that's where it's revealed that you've had decisions that have been made three, four years in advance, and that's when they finally come due and you realize that You've got to make a move. So that happened here. And then Ryan Day took his time. He used all two and a half months, essentially, to decide between James Laurinaitis, a possibility of a second defensive line coach, maybe still a special teams coordinator. What's the best option to maximize 2024 for Ohio State? It's It can't just be a purely a bet on the future, which I think James Laurinaitis, in that perspective, is a pretty safe one. Is he the right guy? Is he the right linebackers coach to get Cody Simon, CJ Hicks, maybe Sonny Styles, whatever else, you know, happens there with that group. Is he the one to take that next step? Ryan Day made that choice and and so now it's both a bet on the short term and the long term. Here was also Ryan Day via 11 Warriors about having Chip Kelly here in Columbus. Chip and I obviously have a long history together, so we see things the same way and it's been exciting to get him uh, going here and 
He's uh, got a lot of excitement walking around the building, meeting the guys. So it's been a great start. So acting Division One Power Five head coach, just Big Ten head coach, big an acting Power Five Division One Big Ten head coach who just walked into your building as the offensive coordinator. It's a big deal, and I, I've heard, and I, I anticipated this the moment that that was that decision that hire was made. It's like, oh well, now Ryan. Day, lost Bill O'Brien and he just wants his mentor and and a familiar face and a familiar voice in the program. Like he's not branching out. This is the only place out of 130 schools that you can make that case. Everybody else is crawling over broken glass. Oh, you're telling me that there's a big 10 head coach willing to, for whatever reason, whatever's going on with Martin Jarman and everything else at UCLA, he wants out, he's available and you're going to bring in a head coach <clears throat> for just one and a half million dollars in the buyout to be an offensive coordinator and not have to worry about roster management and NIL and transfer portal. Chip Kelly is just going to call plays. Sign me up. Like every other program, that's the deal. And I think that most people recognize that as well for Ohio State, what a huge deal that is for them. But there's always that part. Like, how do you want to evaluate it? Do you want to take that negative approach? I won't fault anybody who does, but I think the view from the rest of college football is, oh my goodness, that's a huge deal, and Ohio State got an absolute bargain. Joshua Perry, not of the Buckeye Cruise, is in the Windy City. He joins us next. Morning Jupes right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a good Monday morning to you. Right now, expect lane closures on I-270 eastbound. We are still watching slowdowns in those eastbound lanes on the north side of town. This is just beyond the 270-71 split. Also on the south side of town on I-270 eastbound, the ramp is closed from 270 east to 23 south because of a crash cruiser working to clear up right now. You can flip around on I-270 westbound at Alum Creek Drive to use that 23 south. On ramp. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Staggerwald. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. What's the going rate for a good babysitter? Also, Shark needs a raise. You're listening to Morning Juice. From Monday edition of the program, Brandon Beam, Austin Ward, Mark the Shark. Right now, we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Checking with our good friend, who's not on the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer this year, is instead in the Windy City. He is Joshua Perry. JP, thanks for the time, buddy. Um, Austin was just lamenting the fact that you were not going to be on the Buckeye Cruise this year uh, and that nobody gets to see you with your shirt off. Yeah, well, you know, it's probably a good thing this time around. You know, as, uh, as my wife has been nesting, so have I. <laughs> Packed on a couple of pounds. Nobody needs to see me with my shirt off this year. I don't believe that for a single second, Joshua. You you got those 28-inch pythons out there. Two years ago on the cruise, you had the 12-pack out. I mean, there's no... Even if you're just down to an 8-pack, you're still robbing the people of what they want. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? At some point, the people will get what they want. It will return, but okay. uh, for, unfortunately, we had to miss this year. Now, uh, I, I know everybody knows this. Phenomenal event. Great time for everybody, so... Uh, I'm glad the guys are out there having fun, raising money for a great cause. And unfortunately, we got to be uh, we got to be up here doing this on a Monday morning. <laughs> I, I love it. I, it's very true, JP. And uh, you and I were, were texting about this yesterday. But wife doing all right? She feeling okay? 
She's feeling all right. Uh, you know, it's, it's that point right now where there's a lot of aches, feet are swelling, back hurts, things of that nature. Um, you know, I got her a Theragun, so instead of doing the old manual back massage, I, I take that to her back. It's been a good setup for the both of us, and I think she's kind of on countdown right now to get the little guy out of there. So uh, <laughs> all is well. She's healthy. Baby's tracking. Uh, just, it's you know. Nine months a long time, guys. <laughs> it is a long time, uh, and I'm with you on that. And I texted you yesterday that when I have a cold, I want to end it all. So women are superheroes, yep. and uh, that's obviously what your lovely wife is going through right now. Buckeyes had some big news uh, last week, JP. James Laurinaitis is hired as the final staffer now. Ryan Day's staff is finalized at 10, taking over uh, as the linebackers coach. Just your thought on James returning to the program in a full-time capacity. Well, I mean, it felt like a no-brainer to me. And obviously, Ohio State had to do their due diligence. You want to make sure that you're getting the right person in the building. And so, you know, you got to go through all the steps and look at who the potential candidates are. But it's really hard to say that the right person wouldn't be the, you know, three-time All-American, one seems like every national award, uh, wonderful guy, uh, had a phenomenal NFL career, and uh, he's back in Columbus. And I look at the way that the current staff is set up, where you got Brian Hartline, one of the best recruiters nationally. you got Tim Walton, one of the best recruiters nationally. What do those guys have in common? They're Buckeyes. You bring James Laurinaitis on there, I'm sure that you're going to find some juice there uh, at, for linebackers on the trail, uh, which is important. And I know there's a question of he's never been a full-time coach. How does he teach? How does he develop? And if you spent any time around the guy, one thing that you do know, super sharp guy, really good connector. I think he's going to be able to do all those things. So I'm excited to see this personally because it felt like the right answer was sitting right there uh, already in the building. And uh, now it's just about, for James, you know, getting acclimated and hitting the ground running, which I know he'll do. Such a key offseason for those linebackers, Joshua. And as somebody who's been in that room, you, you know James and you know the – the standard that's upheld for the silver bullets there. I think you look at 2024 and it's like, well, what's it, what's it truly going to look like with Tommy Eichenberg and steel chambers gone. We saw Cody Simon playing a lot more uh, last year and maybe to uh, the highest level of his career, you get him back for another year. And then it's a little bit of, of uncertainty. Could Sonny styles go there, uh, play at linebacker is CJ Hicks. Is he ready to take that next step? Like there, there is a, there's a pretty big job here for James as, that's going to start in, you know, two weeks from tomorrow in spring ball. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's coming in. He's going to have his plate full. Uh, and you're right. There's a, there's a, a component of development that needs to happen. Certainly there's also a component of evaluation that needs to happen with these guys to figure out what exactly that rotation looks like. But I agree with you in terms of Cody Simon. I thought that he played some really good football a year ago and he's a super veteran guy and we see how, uh, they can impact the team here in college football. So having his presence, um, I think is going to be really important for that room. Sonny Styles is going to be a, a question mark in terms of what he plays. I think he should be in that linebacker room. Uh, I think that he's a guy who, to me, is better when he's not forced to have to play in the rotational spot where, you know, you'd like him to be able to walk down in the box, but every once in a while he's going to play that deep safety. And it's not to say that he can't play it. He's fine playing it. But um, I think that he's much more effective when he's in the box there. Um, and so he's going to provide some athleticism if he can move there, but everybody's been asking the question about CJ Hicks and, um, you know, he's a five-star kid coming in. Can he develop? Can he be a guy who's a game changer? And it's yet to be seen. And, and, and he did get in some rotational spots this year. 
Um, saw him a little bit in the bowl game as well. The game has to round out. I think he does need a ton of reps. And so this spring, I think, is going to be an important one if he can rotate in with the ones at all just for the purpose of the reps there. And uh, they can get a good evaluation on him. But as I start to look at personnel, I think a lot of talent, guys who, who should be really good, it's just a matter of getting them ready to play. And then, you know, can, can you pick the right ones too? Because in spring ball, it feels like there's a lot of pressure to get the evals done, you want to have a depth chart that you can set going into training camp. But ultimately, you've got the time and the privilege and, and the opportunity to really get a feel for the guy so you can make that right decision. He is Joshua Perry with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. What did a, uh, a young Joshua Perry think two weeks out of spring ball as you're getting ready to wrap up winter workouts, JP? Uh, a young Joshua Perry was uh, shaking in his boots, and young Joshua <laughs> Perry was dreading uh, having to go out there on that field at times. It's Spring ball is really difficult for young players because there's a lot of unknown, um, and you know you gotta you got to get acclimated to the way that college practice is running. A lot of guys now are coming in as early enrollees, and that's exactly what I did and you think it's going to be fun and you think it's going to be sweet and then you actually start doing it and you're like man i probably should have just finished out my senior <laughs> year because uh this is miserable it's it's extremely valuable though because you do have an opportunity to really learn and you do have an opportunity to figure out what exactly it takes to be a college football player now as you get older spring ball starts to feel like cake because you know it's you're not practicing every single day of the week which is phenomenal and uh, your coaches are trying to take care of you if you're. He's just gone. He just disappeared. For young guys, like I said, reps, 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 reps. You'd be real sore. You're going to be tired. You're going to be a little bit confused at times. For the older guys, you're over there laughing at them. <laughs> Joshua, when you, when you think about this spring in particular for Ohio State, and we, we touched on James and the linebackers there, is the most intriguing thing anything other than Will Howard arriving at quarterback, or, or where else would you look? Yeah, I think Will Howard is the, the right answer. It's probably the, the easy answer there because the quarterback room uh, was a big conversation last year. Didn't necessarily pan out in a way that a lot of people thought it would in terms of development and actual production there. And so you're in the same type of holding pattern and cycle. So people are going to be looking at Will Howard. I think just as important, though, what does that offensive line look like? Who's protecting him? Who's keeping him upright? Who's creating the running lanes for those two phenomenal running backs back there? Um, I think that's as important as anything that spring is to truly develop five offensive linemen that you feel confident in, and then probably another two or three that you feel really good about just in case something happens up front there. Um, and I thought the offensive line last year got much better throughout the year. I know people's lasting impression is that bowl game where they did not look very good at all. Um, but as much as they got better, it still didn't feel like some of the great offensive lines that we had seen over the last decade. And if they can get themselves up to a point where everybody feels good about the offensive line and it's not a, a talking point or discussion coming out of the game, I think regardless of who's back there at quarterback, they're having a pretty good shot. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I don't think Ryan Day or the Buckeyes can afford for it to be a slow burn this year. JP, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for hopping on with us this morning, buddy. Have a fantastic week, and we'll check in again soon, all right? All right, guys. Take care. Here he goes. Joshua Perry with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan 
guest hotline. Good reveal our fan poll next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, good morning. Right now the ramp from I-270 eastbound to 23 South is completely shut down because of a crash that crews are working to clear up. To get around this, you can flip around at Alum Creek Drive to I-270 westbound to hop onto 23 Southbound. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Staggerwald. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The hardest part of your workday is over. You've managed to get out of your fart sack. Attention campers, lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle. Deal with it. This is Morning Juice. Thank you, Uncle Tony. The job is always uh, out of hand motivating me to get through the rest of my day. We here on The Juice are brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Health, the leader in testosterone and hormone replacement therapy. You can always visit them over on the line at feelgreatcolumbus.com. No Uncle Bo today. We've got a friend's own edition of the program with the boys coming up next. 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 That too. Uh, you got Chops and Reese. They'll lead things off until noon. When we're done, talk a little Buckeye hoops, a little Buckeye football. Texas dropping the bag for St- Steve Sarkeesian. Adam Jardy's going to join him at 1033. Talk some Buckeye hoops. A little NBA All-Star action from the weekend. Adam Silver wanted some effort. He got it offensively. He didn't mm. get any defensively, though. I don't... Those guys weren't trying that hard on offense. <laughs> what? They just make it look so easy. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Making half-court shots look like it was routine, I guess that takes some effort. It does. Or at least skill. Skill. More than effort. But they definitely probably. weren't trying. Shark, why are we listening to this? Well, uh, boys, it was back on uh, February 19th of 1977 that Manfred Mann's Earth Band had the number one song in the country, Blinded by the Light, written by Bruce Springsteen. I didn't know this was written by the boss. Yep. Written and recorded by the boss. They stole it. It was a much bigger hit for Manfred Mann than it was for Bruce. It just sounds right with it, it Rob, doesn't, Rob Manfred Mann leading it, the charge. It this. definitely doesn't fit a Springsteen sound. It fits almost like a David Bowie sound to me, a little bit. I don't know if that's a correct assessment or not, but listen, just listen to this. This might be a sneaky like top ten favorite song of mine. If it wouldn't be out of place on a Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, then Bruce Springsteen shouldn't have recorded it. Yeah, correct. You're a thousand percent correct on that. You think Coaster Bob likes this song, Shark? Yes. I'm sure he does. Yeah. Stake my life on that. (laughs) (laughs) He, like me, grew up in the 70s. He did. He's a child of the 70s. What song did you ask us earlier if we had heard? It was like, we had Uh, no idea. Tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Tony Orlando and Don, you're going to hear that in just about two and a half minutes. All right. Well, that's good. Got that to look forward to, which is nice. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard it or not. That's what we call in the business to tease. So when this song gets over, then we're going to listen to that. I have no clue. I saw something over the weekend. CJ's uh, CJ Stroud's been doing like a. Some He's pod- been doing something according to some of the social media activity. He's been did, doing some podcasts. Oh yeah, I watched him. Twenty nine points. In the Celebrity All-Star Game Friday night. Oh, no, I didn't watch that. If his team had won, he was playing for Stephen A. Smith's team. Had they won, he'd have been the all, the uh, MVP of the All-Star Game. Instead, it was Micah Parsons from Team Shannon Sharp. But that court beam, you know, we talked about yeah. that court. It 
they would have periods in that game where the whole baseline and sideline was in flames. You know, it just <laughs> looks like it's on fire. Yeah. And whenever that happened, your three-pointer became worth four points. And then they would move the three-point. It was, I, I don't know what it was, fiber optic or whatever. The court, the entire court was glass. And so that three-point line would move backwards and <laughs> forwards. It was the oddest thing. What but, a 12 months for CJ, by the way. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I, I knew he was a basketball player. I didn't know how good he was. He's really good. Well, if you're going to talk trash about your basketball game and that you can go out and beat Ohio State Men's, with a couple yeah. other football yeah. players, like... You better be able to back it up. And yeah. that's the first time that publicly we've seen CJ do that. I um, I was listening to, I don't know what podcast that he was on. He's like, yeah, drop 40 points on Jaime Jaquez <laughs> in, <laughs> in high school basketball. And so, I, again, I don't, I'm not sure exactly which podcast to attribute this to, but I'm watching the clips of him. And the two podcast hosts are like, Wait, this is like a JV game? And CJ's like, no, it's a varsity game, man. I'm a freshman. Jaime Aquez, who's playing an all-star weekend, he's like, he's right there. Because I dropped 40 points on his head in high school games. Like, yeah, Jaime Aquez is a NBA all-star, <laughs> like, participating in that. Uh, and then we're talking about Ohio State and, oh, uh, you guys don't get it done in the big moments. And he just quips. He goes, well, where did you guys go to school? He goes, Florida. And he goes, Pfft. He's like, why are you even doing that? What are you? What are we even talking about? So, it's been a nice run. To your point, uh, the last year for CJ after the S two cognition. I mean, that was debacle. a year ago. Right now, he's yeah. getting ready to go to Indianapolis for the NFL Combine, and everyone is like, "Oh, well, he's not even going to be. He shouldn't be in conversation for the number one pick." It's clearly Bryce Young. It's like clearly to who. Not to anyone who watched every throw that C.J. Stroud made in college. Or I can has... remember A-Dub when they were arguing whether it should be Anthony Richardson That's right. or, or C.J. to go be, uh, you know, after Bryce. And that, even that made, like, certainly the accuracy of Anthony Richardson did not make sense when you were, everything you compared to C.J. Stroud, whether that was physicality compared to Bryce Young, accuracy compared to Anthony Richardson, anything at all compared to Will Levis, they CJ won every debate. It, to me, that pre-draft nonsense with CJ Stroud—I'll never understand it. Like he, what more did he have to do? He's playing against an NFL team in that Georgia Bulldog defense in that championship semifinal, and he lit them on fire. <laughs> I just lit them on fire. Hey, it worked out for the Texans, so good for them. It did work out for the Texans, and if you're keeping count at home, the NFL season awards for next season are available on FanDuel. Patrick Mahomes is the leader in the clubhouse with the lowest odds to win NFL MVP for next year. He's at plus 650. Josh Allen is at 8-1 to one odds. Go Pokes. On FanDuel. Joe Burrow, who had a injury-laden season this year, but when he's fully healthy, they got that thing rolling down in Cincinnati. He is your third favorite at 10-1. to one. CJ Stroud is your fourth favorite to win NFL MVP this next year at 11 to 1 odds. Reigning MVP Lamar Jackson is behind him at 12 to 1. Wow. Jordan Love is at 14 to 1. Justin Herbert is at 13 to 1. Dak, Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, all 16 to 1. CJ Stroud is 11 to 1 with the fourth best odds to win MVP. He should have got more serious consideration this year than he actually received. Yes. All right. I'm not saying he should have won. If he didn't get hurt in the middle of the year and he didn't miss three games, I think we could have been living in a world which you had a rookie quarterback not only lead the league in passing, which he was on track to do if he had stayed healthy. If you just give his normal averages, you lay that out in the games like he would have won that. 
By the way, Bryce Young, um, sandwiched between Will Levis, Geno Smith, Tyree Kill, Christian McCaffrey, and uh, Justin Jefferson, and Deshaun Watson. Hmm. Bryce Young is 100 to 1 to win the MVP. Interesting. CJ is 11 to 1. <laughs> I think it has worked out for the Houston Texans. And by the way, no, I have never heard this song. In case you were wondering. <laughs> okay. Where does it rank for you as an all-time uh, It shark? would be in my uh, bottom 500. <laughs> Not my top 500. <laughs> bottom 500 ever? One Wait, of the it made the top 1,000 apparently. Yeah. Good job, Shark. Uh, our daily fan poll is sponsored by ER Auto Care. Masters of our craft. Today's fan poll at 971thefan.com or on Twitter at 971thefan. Let's get ahead of our skis, shall we? Oh, yeah. How many of their final five regular season games? At Minnesota, at Michigan State, home against Nebraska, home against Michigan, at Rutgers. Will the OSU men's basketball team win? Zero to one, two or three, four or all five? Oh, two and three were lumped together? That was the hard part for me. We, th- we should have to narrow it down between two and three. Right? I, I selected four. You selected four? I got four. Oh, baby. I, like I said, I'm getting... So I'm, not just is the streak going to end, but they're going to double down on it. Maybe five. Coming off of that win. Gosh, listen a, to this, man. Hey, Let's not optimist. get over our skis. How about... <laughs> I'm an optimist. Beam is tumbling down the mountain. And the crew will repeat as MLS Cup well, champions. Without question. And CJ Stroud will win MVP. And the Jackets will win out. I think you should parlay it all right now. Austin had so much fun today. What do you say we do it again tomorrow on a big Tuesday if they allow us? You good with that? I will be here. Everybody have a great day. Uncle Bo still on vacay. we got the Friend Zone edition of the program coming at you next. We are live tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. to break everything down. Have a good one. Talk to you then. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and a good Monday morning to you. Right now the ramp from I-270 East to 23 South is still closed down on the south side. To get around this, you can flip around at Alum Creek Drive to get onto I-270 Westbound to hop back onto 23 Southbound. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Staggerwald. This is a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you are anything like me, betting the Masters is always on your mind, especially after the Genesis this past weekend. The current Masters odds at ESPN Bet have Scotty Scheffler, the favorite, 8-1. to one. Rory McIlroy, 9-1. to one. John Rahm, 10-1. to one. You can find Tiger Woods at 66-1 to one to win the green jacket. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Casting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan Sports Center. Good morning. I'm Ryan Baker. What do you do when your coach gets fired? Go out and upset the number two team in the country, of course. That's what Ohio State did yesterday, knocking off Purdue 73-69. to Bruce Thornton led the way with 22 points, and he said it was fun to celebrate with the fans. I feel great, man, especially seeing the te- your teammates, coaching staff, Buckeye Nation, um, all coming together. Seeing the smile on everybody's faces, that's all college basketball about, but... 
When the adrenaline started rushing, everything hurting right now. The Buckeyes travel to Minnesota to face the Gophers Thursday night at 8. The Daytona 500 is this afternoon at 4 p.m. That's because it was postponed yesterday due to rain in Florida. This one's sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. If you're snoring and not sleeping, give Mark Levy a call at 1-800-MORE-SLEEP or visit him online at sleepbettercolumbus.com. Breaking sports news as it happens on The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.